Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And just like that, round one of the NRL season is in the books. And Boxhead, I thought it was a cracker of a round to start off with. It was a belter. It's not very Absolute often. belter. There wasn't a, fu- uh, a fizzer, I don't think. No, nah, I think the the manly dog scoreline wasn't great. But I thought, bar the Sinbin that probably pushed a little bit over the edge, they were at least you know hanging it's in there. probably competitive for 50 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was a really, really good start to the year. And hopefully, there's plenty more of that to come in 2023. Um, I think bit of a settle down after the COVID sort of period and some of the rule changes and everything been a little more settled. If this is the way it is going forward, I think there was that was the only 13-plus game off the top of my head. There was a lot of games. That were, basically, yeah. every game went the unders. Like a few years ago, all those were just absolute givens that you were going to see 60-plus points every week, heap of tries, and you almost, you know, every game was 13-plus. So yeah, I have no problem with it. the contest that we got. It was great. So looking forward to that. Um, back to more of our weekly format as we spoke about. Usually we do the set of six, review our games, then do our tips, previews, etc. and all that. What we're going to try to do, and it's not to say that every week there'll be enough content to do so, we'll try to keep the set of six more to things that aren't related to maybe the clubs or the games. We'll try and just merge that in within our game reviews and have a bit more chat. Um, but some weeks there may not be that, so then we'll put some stuff in the set of six. But for this week, I think there's more than enough to fill in the set of six. There is, yeah. So, uh, as always, this show is brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet... With anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Uh, Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the crew there, they'll get you moving on the corner of York Road and Batch Street in the heart of Penrith, right near where... Got we... some cars in the yard too, Toby. Yeah, obviously where Shit. we reside. And then like we always say, <laughs> our longest term partner, Jake and the crew at Penrith Solar Centre. There's no one better if you're looking for a system. Bills keep getting higher. It's a great long-term investment. Add a bit of value to your house. Do yourself a favour, and uh, look care. Take care of your back pocket and your family. www.penrithsolar.com.au. Set of six. Let's jump straight in. Everyone's probably sick of hearing it, uh, but the big one from the weekend, from all the coaches, uh, the RPAs had to come out and speak today. The NRLs come out and spoke about it. Um, is obviously the HIAs over the weekend, and the situation there with the independent doctor, how things are handled. You got Ricky Stewart and Wayne Bennett throwing jabs at the NRL about the whole situation. Ricky Stewart basically said they don't trust us, and the RPA only turn up here when they're looking for time off for the players and more money. Um, and the NRL obviously don't trust coaches either, and that he'd never put a player in that situation. Wayne Bennett had his partner saying it. Gus Goulds come out saying it's the biggest blight on the game basically last night, and then you've got the flip side, which are a lot of people obviously back in the other side that they're protecting the players from themselves. 
all the talk about litigation in the future and all these other possible issues and wh- how do we know the difference of what is and is not a concussion. So you can see validity in a lot of comments on both sides of the fence, but at the end of the day, and I'm not wrapping it up on this point, I'm just making the point, much like a lot of grey areas in rugby league, unfortunately, I don't think there's a perfect solution. Well, that was probably my comment. How do you make it better? What's the best system then? And that's the so issue. A lot of it is just knife throwing and yeah, barbs. I don't agree with you. No one's really got the solution. What's the solution to the problem? There is no solution. I know that I feel as though, you know, I've heard a lot of commentary sort of saying that, you know, once you've done your test and you've been cleared, then you should be able to go straight back on. No, that's but, what 15 minutes well, is for. There's delayed I, I, symptoms. I, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I don't mind that. And then, you know, as I do, I started to sort of troubleshoot it in my head. I was like, you're just then going to have controversy around, well, did the doctor do the test did properly? Test. Did they rush you back um, out there? You know, what happens if there's one doctor at the ground who's performing the HIA? Who gets to go first? Um, is it order of who goes off the field first? Like, there's going to be a whole heap of things. And you just we're just going to go down this road of changing rules and then arguing about the rules that we change. Yeah. Which is what we do as a game. I, look, I, I said on the preview podcast when we spoke about the CBA and the um, dispute with the players that I, like I was a little bit sick of all of it because yeah. I went down Ricky Stewart's line. I was like, all, all we ever hear about is the players want more money and the players want more time off. Like I, I agree with Ricky Stewart's comments in that regard. What's happening behind the scenes and what's fired Ricky Stewart up um, I don't know. I, I've got no idea. I think there'd be a lot more to there'd be a lot more depth to what he said, and I think he's probably. I think he's got far more um, emotional control than he used to have. Mm. Um, I Ricky, surprised so. he directed more of that. The no, RPA, but I think though, probably, a lot of this is from the NRL, not just the RPA. Yeah, I get that. No, so. well, he, he said NRL and RPA. Yeah. They don't, they don't then then he sort coaches. of side shot off at them, obviously yeah, with I, what's going on. I would think that he's probably voiced and articulated his concerns to the NRL. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a problem with what he said. I look, and then you hear the people who probably fall on the the more medical side of the game, not so much the rugby league and the coaching side of the game. Mm. They're all saying like, "You guys are knuckleheads." Like, yeah. you you've got no idea what the process is. I think it's probably trying to align the coaches and the players and the fans with what actually is best practice. Yeah, why is it best practice? And trying to make it as clear as possible. I think at the moment we're how we've got one doctor in the bunker, and then you've got the club doctors there. It doesn't seem streamlined. We don't know which doctor has actually well, flagged the player. Because Brian Manersley came out today and said that... I think five... There was 21 or whatever on the weekend. Five, and five of them were from the from bunker. The independent doctor. What I don't agree with, everyone that's saying they have to be at the ground, they have to be at the ground. Well, you can't see at the ground. You still need to look at it on the TV. You can't see those collisions at the ground. So in no, that if sense you're going to go things, to that, you just go back to the club doctor. Exactly. But when they were saying about it, I'm like, well, what do you think they were doing at the ground when they were pulling those players off anyway? They were watching on a TV screen afterwards. But the issue you got if they're at the ground, right? And if it does go back to the club doctor. You can discuss with the doctor. It's not so much that. It's more, what if there's, like, there's always moving parts. What if there's an injury over here? What if, you know, yeah. we've got, yeah, like a, a game of rugby league just isn't just HIAs come off and, and no. do the test. Like if you, there's players who have, have other injuries, that players that need to be stitched yeah, up. Blue shirts, club all that doctor. Stuff, like, yeah. There's a lot of those. For me, I think if you're going to go the extra mile, which is where I'd want to go, and people go, oh, it's money, it's money, it's money. Well, if we're in such a good position, <laughs> we're starting to invest, we're taking care of the game and we're moving forward, there needs to be two independent doctors. I, I agree with the fact you need someone looking at a TV screen because they find all these on the screen. You're not going to spot half these. So, at the what, so you're, going to, you're saying you there need should to be have, two independent doctors at the ground? You need to have one at the ground and one working out of that system, and they need to work with each other with the two club doctors. 
Because the fact at the moment that it's yeah, coming from a TV... My point to that would be, how is that actually going to work? Well, it's sort of bringing that mediator there where they go, well, they're not trusting us and our club doctor and that, like, they're working in together. They're independent of the situation. One flags up with the other one, then they work with the club doctor yeah, in that, that situation. Like, to me, that's not going to solve the problem because that's going to take time. Isn't the whole thing about they want to speed it up? And well, they want to the do the test and then go back on. Well, and I heard some of the medical experts today saying, well... There's delayed you know, symptoms Delayed concussion, well. delayed symptoms. We've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I've had it. I know. I've had it. You remember, oh, I'm not going to name the player's name, but when we were coaching early 2000s and I went out and checked on a player for, again, exactly the point I'm making. We were off to the sideline, you watching the game, didn't even see this thing happen. Yeah. Then a player come to us 10 minutes later after half time, come up to me and was whispering, going, psst, psst. And I looked at him and I go, mate, what's wrong? I was a bit taken aback. And he goes... Where, what, 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 are we kicking off or have we already like started? And I'm like, are you all right? And he goes, no, nah, I've got no idea what's happened. And I sort of had to talk to him then, troubleshoot what had gone on. He copped a knock, basically blacked out, but was running yeah. completely fine in the play and whatever, and then sort of had a snap like 10 minutes later, realizing that he wasn't feeling well and it all sort of hit him. We pulled him off immediately once yeah. we knew. But at I the think- time, it was an innocuous bump somewhere in a play which from a sideline point of view, we couldn't see. Yeah. And there's nothing I could have done about it until we had the halftime break. Well, we had one last year with, um, with Tim Simona in Wollongong. Yeah, and we didn't let him go back on. Where He passed his HIA. Well, no, that wasn't. That had nothing to do with me. I, I was at halftime. He passed his HIA. They said to me... He's right. He's right. Okay, put him back on. He, and then got in at halftime and a couple of players said, man, he's not right. Like nah. he, he shouldn't be on the field. But so, he was talking like he wanted to well, speak head, to his brother or Hutch, use a phone or something. Hutch, our head of football, come up the game had kicked off he just said mate Tim's gone for the game mm. I've taken Tim out perfect done mm. Play, move on And we did that's it, duty of care we did it Massey last year that's remember? duty of care we had a clear yeah, another had, player had, who didn't yeah, feel yeah. well and he, we said but you can't fucking go back on like he might have passed but he's not physically or mentally and that was my point I, yeah. I, I think you were there I was saying to yeah, the doctor well, like I don't care that he's passed he's no, not right he's not right so I'm not putting him back on but the we're field we making the point to New well, South the doctor, Wales the doctor was trying to force me to put him back on the field yeah but we had the argument with New South Wales Rugby League as well about let's talk about the interchange. You're like, well, we, we don't fucking care about the interchange because he's not right. So you're going to have to take the interchange because he's not going back out. Well, yeah, but it was also, I was arguing that we should, that we should, we should be able to act- activate our 18th. We've done the right thing as well. So, I mean, well, and, then, and then their concern was, well, but if you rule him out, he can't play next week. Well, so we shouldn't play next week anyway. No, he's crook as a dog. Fucking crook as. Yeah, so. <laughs> But yeah. this is exactly what we've talked about. We've gone off. There's all these loopholes in and yeah. around it. And we've gone off but the again, point. Well, but back to the original point. We haven't gone off the point at all. Where's the answer? That's yeah, what we're getting at. You've got a different process between New South Wales Cup and NRL. Oh, we did have when we did Mats and Ball. Mats and Ball was an automatic stand down. So we're looking, going, okay. So you're and let if us... you get two now in Mats and Ball, you've gone for the year. Yeah, but look at what we did though. We're like, we only get 24 kids or whatever we did. You get a couple injured, suspended, or ruled out on concussion straight away. All of a sudden, you've barely got enough to pick a team. Yeah. And that was the problem we had a few years ago. We were like, well, hold on a minute. We can't even feel the side this week. Yeah. And then go go, <laughs> go to probably the debate, like, gonna, are we going to have to have bigger benches? And we said this last year, that we think we should expand the bench. I reckon it should be nine in every week, minimum. I, and it should have... Particularly the, if you're New South Wales Cup's targeting in, just get three to back up from Cup. Yeah. Just sit in there. They might not be needed. Give yeah. them a match payment. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Like, they're already getting paid less than a grand or something like that, or some might be lucky enough to be near that. If they're not part of your top 30, pay a couple of guys 500 or or $1,000 to be able to sit on the bench. Simple. Yeah, because the concern for the clubs is sitting them out and not having them play. So let them play. Exactly. Let them play. But just sit in there. Sit them on the bench as backups. So I reckon game day, again, I don't know it affects the, like, the alignment of New South Wales Cup and players you have available to play in both grades or this, that, and the other, or at the same ground. 
I reckon there should be 19 every game day. And that like the fact it took until this year just to get to the point where it takes two HRAs. So you're saying six on the bench? I reckon six on the bench, two are not active. And the fact that it took this long to get to the point for two HRAs to activate the 18th man to me is ridiculous because they've missed it in previous times, like you said, with foul play and other situations where I think immediately you should be able to activate the extra player anyway. What about, what about an ACL? Well, we talked about the paramedic Sharks game. Like I said, forget the other part, well-being. There was middles on the field that are yeah. only programmed to play 40 minutes, and you talk about well-being. I think if a player is ruled out for the match, you should be able to put whoever you want on. And the argument we had then when people were telling us, oh, people will fucking sneak their 18th man in. I'm like, mate, the 18th man's an 18th man for a reason. No one's hiding a super <laughs> You're not hiding a fucking Dali like, player. The best team's in the comp, right? When you've <laughs> when, when you got a stack roster like Penrith or someone last year and you're looking at all these kids, yeah, they might have 25 first graders. And have four or five yeah, others. Yeah, but still, but they're fitting those their best guys. Aiming. Yeah, those guys are still not to the point where they're going. You know what? I hope Isaiah Yo gets fucking KO'd this week because Jermaine Hopgood might come in for ten minutes. Like they want him playing a full game, or the outside back, or you know, etc. But if you're a bottom fucking side like the Tigers, the last couple of years, or this, that, and the other, let me tell you right now, they're not looking at their eighteenth man going. Oh, I hope that guy gets knocked the fuck out so we can bring our eighteenth man in. Jesus, it's not happening. <laughs> no. So there's no sneaky loophole there. But the point of all this that we've gone through... <clears throat> Ricky might listen to the podcast. There's no <laughs> there's no perfect way out of this, right? And I understand frustration most people's sides. But the simple thing of, you know, club doctor, this doctor, forget the TV screen. I'm like, well, like I've been at the ground and deal, like as a blue shirt, you deal with this firsthand. You don't see half of these from the sideline. Right. You need someone monitoring the situation. But there needs to be a way... For it to be communicated better between the cat ones and cat twos, where that aside isn't an on field. Well, why can't he be at the Someone's ground on watching site. it on the TV? Well, that's what I mean. Have two that work within the doctors. So one's on the TV, the other yeah. guy's on the TV at the ground. As soon as they flag one up like they do, then they work them with the club doctors. You've also got I, an extra I doctor. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have two. And I'd, I'd have. Just, I'd, I'd have the independent. You know, assess with him. Can it be an on field, or are we going to come in and do a HA and then you let the club doctor? Do I, don't, it? I don't like that because I've got too many fucking cooks. But because imagine that four X before. Doctors debating whether well, at it's... the moment you've got someone like I said sitting on TV telling them yes no or in between yeah. and that's the end of it. So I, again, I don't know the the perfect solution, <clears> but <throat> I also don't agree with the other one with the fifteen minute rule because of what we just said. We've seen delayed symptoms and it does happen. And the flip yeah. side of that, uh, the one other part, and I will say that I like from the weekend, suck shit to a few of the blokes that laid on the ground. Like in all honesty, without trying to milk penalties, getting yeah. too crook. Fuck you! If you're going to lay on the ground, I've seen. We've all seen too much of it. Like no, I'm, I'm being honest. Like, if you're going to lay on the ground, like, Caelan Ponga should have been off for the first one to me, and then the second time, like it was an incidental thing, and he grabs his head and he rolls around this that, the other, and then he sprays the ref because he. Has well, you know, you know, off. the interesting one was I like watching the Caelan Ponga one on replay. He got. Like essentially shoulder charged in the face by Adam Fenua Blake yeah. when he was defending, and they didn't like Nothing. no one looked. At and that. I said to you, I, I was like, that was like that was bad. And this is my and point. It knocked like him said, on his ass. I was like, Whoa. we're not doctors, right? But I watch Chris get pulled off, and I go, what the fuck's he off for? Then I watch Dale Fenuka and Tullus smash skulls together, and I know Tullus in a bad way, and they go, Fenuka's fine. I'm like, he's had that many head knocks, he wouldn't fucking know. Yeah. But why doesn't he have to? Well, get... that's I looked at that one as well. If we're like, proactive, well, how, how isn't Dale going off? The that's field? what I mean. If we're proactive, how's he not going? Because the impact was exactly the so same. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. And then Stag gets bitch slapped and lays down and has to go off. And again, I'm like, well, suck shit to you for laying down. But I'm like, well, how can we but have a head clash? But the if result. If I'm sitting in the coach's box, mm. I, like, I know it's frustrating, but I, I've always, and this has been in for probably two, three, four, and probably five years now, we've had to deal with it because we dealt with it initially at Matson Ball, like you said, when yeah. no one else was. And we just had to deal with it. 
But I was always like, it's just the same for both teams. Yeah. And the doctor's we, there. I trust the doctor. Yeah. And if it hurts us, it hurts us. If we lose a game because of, of that, I'd like, whatever. Well, that, it is I just think these guys are full-time professional coaches and their jobs are on the line. And there's mm. a lot of pressure. So I get that that sometimes pulls and causes frustration. It does. Um, but I, but I, we're so, just, I think we're just going to be clear. Everyone needs to be on board. Yeah. And then when the emotion gets involved, the NRL just needs to say, no, it was clear. This is the protocols that we all agreed to. Get on with it. And they've basically said today they're not backing off anyway. Good. So fucking deal with it. Yeah. That's so they're not at. they're not feeding into it, which is so, which is I think the, again, the way to go about it. I think the biggest point is we've addressed it now. We've brought a bit of insight from the different other levels we've brought into. It. And again, it's not going to be perfect. And I get the whole oh, and in a grand final. I'm like, well, that's the whole point of what they're saying about the club doctors when they go, you can't trust us. I go, no, I wouldn't fucking trust the club because in a grand final, I would if they could sneak somebody through. Uh, I, I reckon they would. And I've seen other guys get I don't, I don't think so. Though. I haven't so. been in a club. I haven't been in a club where that'd yeah. get done on a big occasion. I, yeah. No, I disagree. I, I haven't been anywhere where I felt like they they would do that to a player. Well, I reckon I've seen a couple of knocks in play that have sort of been ignored in big games, including maybe. Origin and but other I think that's, like, yeah. sometimes that is the player. It's not the I club. Know, but it's also on on those people that have seen it or spotted mm. it, which is why they've got the independent now to sort of flag but it this up. Like, like, like I was right. go back to the one at Cup level last year. Like, we didn't see it. We didn't no. know what was... Because that's my point about the players about are going, no, no, he's not right. So yeah. that, that was good. The play, well, I gave the yeah. players a rap for that. Exactly. So that actually that actually hurt our chances of winning. But this is my point but about the TV after you, mate. You can't fucking see it from a coach's box or as a trainer unless you're out there. Mm. You it's can't see everything. So, but at the end of the day, there was a huge talking point. A lot of anger this week about it. Tell you what I love about Ricky. He just sits down and he just goes nuts. When he's fucking angry. <laughs> he just so, lets loose. I'm going to go the other way. If they would have somehow pulled that out, he wouldn't have said a word. What do you mean? No, I don't know about I don't that. Know. I reckon I when, don't know about when, that. when everything sort of builds up, it wasn't a great day. They didn't have a lot of ball. They were very, very close. They lost by the field goal. There was a couple Mate, of I frustrating reckon, HIAs. I reckon he would have been wrapped with that. If they would have won that, I know he would have smashed, they, he would have smashed the glass out of the box if they won that. He, would he wouldn't have been wrapped with the loss, but no, no. It was a good. It was a good, uh, good game. Definition of game of two halves. But uh, moving forward, like I said, it's the, they they might have to clean things up a little bit or work together to get on. Uh, yeah, but we know, don't know what's been communicated to the, the clubs either. Basically, the main thing that's come out is we're being proactive and we're doing the right thing and deal with it. Right. So move on. We move on. Tackle two. The Dallium voting system has been revamped. I know we spoke about in the off season. It was a bit last minute, and everyone literally was saying, "Well, they better get this shit in before round one." <laughs> They squeezed it in just before round one, and I've seen the new voting over the weekend. It at least looks a little more consistent because two people have had to watch, lodge their votes within 15 minutes of the game concluding. But now there is two people watching a game, two sets of three two ones available, and a player can get up to six points in a week. Right, so... So if me and you watched a game of football, yeah. and we agreed, you know, watching Melbourne game, the Harry Grant was Yeah, but obviously we, we wouldn't be... You wouldn't know my points. No, we wouldn't. But my point is, yeah. it's, they, there's probably more consistency coming. So we're saying that there's six points on every game now. There's six points in every game now. So on the weekend, five players took the whole six points. So Harry Grant got six points from the Storm game. Yeah. Jeremy Marshall King got six points from the Dolphins game. Yeah. Uh, Daly Chair Evans got six points from the Manly game. Yeah. And Lachlan Elias six points, and I forgot which the other one was. But okay. essentially, it looked across the board that there was only three players or four players on every and game. And still that three got players, three, two, one. Three, two, one, but you could vote differently. So you can get five, four, two, one. But essentially depends. six players could score points. Yes, if they two yeah, judges right. see it differently. Yeah. But looking across the board, the maximum amount of players I saw across any game yeah, was I, four. I like that. And and aren't the judges silent? You don't know who's no judging? No one knows who the judges are. Yeah, that's good. 
So mm-hmm. on two fronts there now, you're also not sitting there going, what the fuck were you watching? So yeah, I, I don't mind it. And we'll see how it goes across the year. But looking at but the votes we, today... So we know who the judges are, but we don't know who judged each game? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look into it that much. But yeah, okay. what they listed okay. on the Daily M list there used to have names. They didn't have any names. Yeah. Just had the points. Cool. So I'm sitting there looking going, this looks like it might have a bit more consistency to it mm. at least. I still think the result will be... I think it's an improvement. Pretty much the same in yeah. the end. Well, I don't know about that. Um, but know. We'll see at the end of the year, eh? Out and out. I don't mind it. And the fact they got it in so last minute had me a little bit worried, but if the, if, if it continues good. along the same path and there's two sets of eyes on every game, you think you'd be closer to getting the right result. Yep. So just a quick little one there to sneak in, but we'll know at the end of the year whether we agree with that original opinion or not. Uh, tackle three, probably one just more on a basis of being guys that really enjoy the American sports and the, con- the amount of content they put out is outstanding. These documentaries that have just come out, the Panthers one that was on Channel 9, yeah. um, and now the Dawn of the Dolphins, there's <laughs> got to be more. Well, you've got the Pappenhausen one, which was a short In one. Due time. If you go on to the Bulldogs website, there's one. Mate, um, Melbourne did a whole series <clears> last year. Yeah, there's one on um, the Manly website as well about uh, Trebojevic's hamstring. Yeah, because these were sponsored sort of things. I but. think that was a two-parter. Um, the Bulldogs one was a three-parter. Then, yeah, you've got the Dolphins, and then you've got... Um, who was the other one? The Panthers one. Yeah. Because, mm. like I said... Now, I, I spoke to... I went, took the young fella to the Panthers game um, on... What day was that? Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I ran into Matty Cameron on the way in. He was saying that that was filmed, produced by one bloke with one camera. Yeah. So, I... After watching it, there's probably people listening who haven't watched it. Go and go and give it a look. It'd be on what nine now or something. It's on now, nine it? now. Um, it's been on, and it was yeah, it was very very well done. Obviously, if you're not a Panthers fan, you might probably cringe at it. some of the stuff and yeah. not, not enjoy it. But yeah, I, I'm neither here nor there. And I just watched it thinking, well, yeah, it's going to be sort of two hours of footy that. I might I might find something as a coach there that you go oh, I'm going to drag that out. There might be a drill or a just a system or just something you drag out of it. So that's sort of why I watch that stuff. But yeah, it was it was very well done, and there should yeah. be more of it. I agree with you. It's uh, American American sports are all. Well, what do we watch? We watch and like they have a whole thing. I watch everything for yeah. archiving the NFL films thing. Archives years and years and years of content, and they've made documentaries out of it. Shows. Season compilations, player cut, like they use that stuff for everything because mm. they do everything. They mic the play, like it's awesome. Everything's mic'd up. And there's so yeah. much content. Like, and they go back while like we look now, like the Bullies of Baltimore, you just flick past before on this TV. 20 years on, they've got all of this footage and all these things linked to it, and they put together this awesome piece on it, and they bring the players back, and you're like, this is the sort of shit you should be doing with your content because it also furthers this off season, all these gaps that we talk about during the week where we go, you got a 24 7 fucking rugby league channel. Mm. And you run a couple of programs and then you just run replays. But also, it's not just the sole responsibility of Fox League. No, it's the clubs and everyone. But Mm. take some accountability for your content and maximise it. What I would like to see, though, is yeah, probably the sharing of other networks on Fox League. I know that's probably never going to happen. But But the idea that there's more there. Even filming this. Like, if Fox League came to us and said, film it and we'll put it on Fox League, even if it's at fucking midnight, who cares? We do it. They can have it for free. Mate, I've said about radio gigs. I'm happy to do the 3am shift to someone to listen to me. I'll yeah. get all the creeps and weirdos calling me. That's fine. I'll be but like Luke Barner on Triple I think Triple there's M. probably a... There's an appetite for more content. There is. But there's it's difficult as a producer of content like we are 
essentially a freelance producer of content, there's not many avenues for to push to sort of get yourself on a bigger stage, I guess. Mm. Um, but I just thought, you know, for anyone out there, that was great. Dawn of the Dolphins, I haven't watched myself yet, but I've heard a lot of good things, so I'm looking forward to having a look at that. Yeah. Um, but I just think, again, similar to what they do, particularly the NFL films and the archiving and the amount of content they generate out of that on the back of everything, pushing the league and promoting the league and also just having more than the games. I love the idea. So more of it, please. Tackle four, uh, probably one gripe of mine out of round one. What the fuck's a forward pass anymore? <laughs> Honestly, we went, we went to the power game. And again, I'm just going to see how Melbourne boss when I hear Josh Hodgson. He threw a squealy, and I'm not saying Harry or no one else doesn't throw a few, but fucking hell, there were some borderline ones. And then I watched Brayley jump out and throw one I thought was completely fine, get whistled back. Yeah, okay. So I didn't, I didn't, I watched all the games, every minute of every game, I didn't, I didn't take that away from It was more the dummy halves. And again, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't yeah. just Hodgson, but there was a few more when we were there. I saw a few, I was like, bloody hell. Everyone throws him. But then I saw Brayley do one when he was moving. I'm like, I had no problem with that. And then, like, the Trindle one that I thought was a try out of the back. Like, there was a couple that people disagreed with. I had a few guys today at work disagreeing about certain ones. And I was like, it was more the dummy half, though. There was a lot from dummy half over the weekend. I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay. I know that we, we obviously know that we want to play flat and fast and at the ad line, but they're borderline NFL pitches at this point in time. There you go. Yeah. So that was just a little gripe of mine. But you, you didn't recognize it, so that's all right. I didn't know. Uh, oh, I'm it. not saying it's all no. right. There might be people listening and go, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But it was just a few um, over the round. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell, if we're just going to let him go now, we'll just throw up two metres forward. There That's might fine. be others listening. You're off your lemon spread. Yeah, maybe. And I am. I am off the lemon spread. That's okay. And it's a decent sized lemon spread too. So. It's large. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know for everyone out there. It was just one that got me. I was just like, far out. You can just basically throw it a metre forward now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, tackle five, the CBA. And I don't want to talk about it for long, but they reckon it's finally nearly done. So we're not getting into the nitty gritty, but one of the last points that they're thinking is sticking point is exactly what we talked about last week so we know about the financials all the details talking about fines rule changes everything needs to be a bit more inclusive blah yada yada the real big one is the gripe of exactly what we've talked about which is the signing date and the players still wanting to be 12 months before the league and the clubs now are more of the opinion with things that have happened like seeing a Dom Young and a Stephen Crichton sign early or a Spencer Lenu this week who signed for the Roosters and asked for a comment and being a bit naive, makes a comment saying that the Roosters are the pinnacle of rugby league and he's able to be going there. And if you penner at the club and the players and the fans, you're like, what the fuck, mate? We just won two comps and you've been here like... That's round one. And I, I don't think he means anything by it, but like the whole situation doesn't sit well with a lot of people because, again, yeah. we've played one game and you're going to be there for the rest of the season. So they're talking that the sticking point now is just to finish up with that going back to June 30. Well, I, I don't should, think it should, it should be, be a sticking point. It's halfway. They should have... Um... What really should have happened, like Valandis when he first came in, wanted to have the mid-season and then the end of season. That, that's they should have just said stiff. That's that's what it is. I just think again that the complaint of not being able to do it at the end of the season is you don't have enough time at the start of the season. Like we said, it looks too ugly. To me, mid-year open it up, and that's like you said for everything. It's a signing window, off contract period. It's the the trading window. And then you have another one at the end of the year. But we all know as well, and this is probably the only other thing I'd put out there. You'd be naive to think that some of this stuff's still not done months before. But the fact is, you probably hear less innuendo about, about it because that. it's not going to be written care. and spoken. That's right. So what happens behind closed doors is a different story. Yeah. But at the moment, when literally but that's been happening in the game for oh, a for thousand years. years. As soon as June thirty used to hit, you'd see deals drop, not just like thousand, they do in the NBA. Not a thousand years, mate. Probably a hundred. Uh, mate, look, I, you know, back in the day, like June thirty would hit, and people would announce stuff straight away, mate. Yeah. So you'd be naive to think that 
much will change. But yeah, I know. it's just more the point that you won't hear it before a ball's even been bloody kicked, you know? Hmm. So Thanks for that. Yeah. Finally, it Thanks looks like it's feel. about to be done. So we'll wait and see. And the last point out here is just a quick point before we move on to the set of six. Awesome opening round like we talked about. Great to hear that the ratings are up because of all this talk about TV deals and taking less and things are going to go backwards and you need to diversify. Was the 17th team a right idea? Things up, or Fox were up 17% total. Um, I think it was their biggest ever round of football, not even an opening round. I think it was just their biggest ever rating round ever. Um, and combined maybe 4.1 million views across all games, I think I saw. That's unreal. So that's great. And that's what you want to hear off the back of what we talked about. This little dark period where we sat there, got the shit scared out by COVID, thought, holy fuck, we're broke. We've blown all this money. We're in a bad spot. We fixed a few things up. We've stripped things down. We're heading in the right direction. We locked in a TV deal. Everything's sort of heading the right way. We're trying to invest. Ratings are on the up, which means hopefully in a couple of years, if we do the right thing, we can go back and look for a little bit more dollar and, and build this thing to a point where we never, ever have to go to a bank and we can be more like the AFL in that situation where they were just like, all right, we've got some assets or some things we can lean on to if we ever get into a crisis again. Yeah. That'd be nice <clears> to think about. That would be nice. So finish off with that positive. Uh, thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with a true blue bookie. Uh, charity bet, no win on the weekend. I What'd you bet on? I nothing. took Cooler to score for Manly and Manly to win. And when he followed Cherry Evans at the end there, I thought, trip or pass to him, you bastard, and he, he didn't. No. And then he scored one off a knockdown, but it was knocked on. So okay. I had no confidence once that happened. Mm. But my other one that I really liked was Olakowatu or just them to win big, which they did in the end. But no dice for the charity account, unfortunately. Ow. But hopefully <clears throat> bank some money this week and get that best bet rolling as well. So hopefully we'll have that sorted out. But let's review these games from the weekend and uh, anything that goes along with them. First game, we went to Storm, Eels. I thought it was an absolute cracker. It's a good game, uh, yeah. Obviously, there was some ugly moments and thought in particular Melbourne didn't really really do a good job of taking advantage of good ball or good field position. They constantly seemed to shoot themselves in the foot. But overall, like the physicality, some of the injuries and issues that both teams had to deal with to see what Munster pushed through and, um, you know, both sides basically had completely new edges. The, the way it finished was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, Storm made a lot of errors. The discipline was pretty poor first half. Like, mm. 6-0 at half time. <clears throat> I thought, um, when we go back to talk about the HIAs and staying down, I thought Moses did a lot of staying down in this game. Mm. He got one where he got hit in the back, which was poor discipline. Yeah, stayed down like motionless yeah. for three or four seconds. I was like, isn't that one of the indicators? The indicators, not So Melbourne. nothing happened. Uh, and it was poor discipline from Melbourne. And I thought a lot of that, they just backed themselves up on their try line. And Parramatta's attack was a little bit clunky. They were only able to break them that once with the uh, Hodgson sort of coming out open and then going back the short side. And they stripped him for numbers yeah. down the right there. Did somebody so, shot out too and left a bit of a corridor. Yeah, they shot out, through. shot out because they were... Um, they were short, but I was impressed with Parramatta's outside backs in the first half. Lumi Lumi in particular, he got him a couple of penalties just with strong carries and post-contact meters coming out of yardage. Mm. Uh, and just it just meant that Parramatta, I thought, won the field position battle for that, for that first little period. But the one thing live, just watching Melbourne's defense and the way that they move 
and how fast they are. They yeah. they yeah. give you this false sense of, of space. That there's space on the outside, yeah. and they their movements are just second to none. Yeah, they like, they must do so much work just on not only the fundamental movements in terms of just where their hips are and you know what their processes are in defense, but just in actually getting on your bike and mm. covering moving. scramble is yeah. next level. Like, I thought for sure that first try in the right corner where Coates knocked, um, I think it was Lumi Lumi over. It was Lumi Lumi, yeah. And then late when they thought they stripped him off the scrum with Siva and before you know it, there was three or four Storm players over there. He kicks on player one, turns into a seven tackle set. Like Those sort of plays, like you said, there's a false sense of security for a minute where you're like, yeah, we've got him here. And the next minute, there's just that sliding door moment where those players that have come in and covered from the players on the inside who just work so hard to get across and um, even when they look shot on the goal line a few times they just seem to cover up for one another so well yeah uh, and that, that's probably the story of the game despite good ball opportunities penalties and like early errors where they just constantly put themselves under pressure all those little areas like that the kick pressures were probably the one thing that I loved and having a guy like Welch back that I just missed and I thought the newer guys like an Eli Katoa who's from the Warriors who you don't really associate with those one percenters. Like just seeing some of those newer guys in there doing that job. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like to get into golden point for it to end the way it did, Moses to throw that sort of speculator with the Melbourne line up there and kind of closing space, like hand the ball over at halfway, and then, and then to concede from dummy half the way he did that. That was probably the worst possible way for you to want to lose that game. Yeah, someone yeah. scooped. Well, Harry, Harry Grant was good as well. Hey, he had the. Uh, the pass to Manny for the first try, and yeah. then he was scores active the winner. He worked I thought for, for Para, um, Hopgood just played Hopgood that link. Like he's been behind Isaiah. Yeah, I know. I said that in the preview yeah. and last week. Just I know he, there was a lot of buzz with him with Supercoach, like getting him into Supercoach team. I, I don't play Supercoach, nah, but you're going off what you've. It seen. was sort of just yeah. Well, having to coach against him last year was an absolute nightmare. Mm. Uh, and then. Just well, just to go. This guy is a first grader. Why is he playing himself as cup? Like, what, what yeah, should I even he, have to how, do? With I don't him? know. He wasn't on their bench. I would have had him on the bench. I, me too. But he, um, he just linked their attack. Yeah. Like, that I thought Hodgson was very good. The key with Hodgson is going to be health. Hopgood. Not only does he get through the spade work, but he also provides that link with the pass. He's also, got an offload. Just Hodgson needs to dish off the ground more. Yeah. He picked the ball up a few times there and had a bit of the case of the Farrows where I was like, just. Fucking give to your halves early. Like Moses and Brown are the sort of guys that like to hit it nice and wide and flat and get moving straight away. They don't want the ball being handled off the ground or, you know, just fucking get the ball out. Yeah. Uh, I thought their middle in general was great. The two front rowers, obviously, they're heavily invested, but Campbell Gillard, Paulo, and then Hopgood was that. Yeah, they were good. Uh, I tell you, what actually surprised me. And again, I know it's been a while and it's never been a question of ability. It's just about delivering. I actually didn't think Cartwright did too bad a job um, in his back row shot, but. Yeah. For the the other one was um, Bronson Garlic. Like he charged that twenty-minute period. Yeah, well, he charged certainly got he charged down the Moses field goal. I reckon that field goal was going over. Great stories though, too. Twenty-seven years old, hundred plus games a cup. Go down there, develop the deal there again this year, and then you're getting a debut around one. Going to introduce a little uh, thing on our Facebook page, actually, in our discussion group. Just a little film room. I'm going to put some stills up of just different plays from each game every mm-hmm. week. Uh, and the one, the one out of the, I had one out of this game was the. We're going to talk a lot about this probably in all, a few reviews at least tonight. That <clears throat> where teams have got that scrum in the middle of the field in attacking positions where uh, they're putting three defenders on each side and they're having their A defender, which is the first defender from the scrum, on each side really wide. Yeah. And essentially they want try to close that space. Well, they they want to create a false sense of 
space yeah. in the middle of the field because they feel as though, well, the guys in the scrum are going to get out and they're going to be able to cover it. Yeah. Now, Munster, in this game, had pulled Nelson and Sofa Solomona out. They had 4v3 on the going in. I think it was about 20 metres in. Mm. And across. Munster actually skipped across him and used him as a drop to hold those defenders up, those mm. inside defenders up. And Young did a good job to finish. He, yeah, he did, but it was just... You know, the the art of having Nelson out and, you know, why have we got him there and he stopped those inside defenders. And you look at the impact that it had on, um, I think it was Penasini mm. and Moses. Like, it made Moses stop, which made Penasini have to sort of pull in on his inside shoulder, which created the space on the outside. So put a couple of stills of that up on our Facebook page and feel free to throw your thoughts in there. But, yeah, it's probably one that, I'm going to highlight later in the Titans-West Tigers game as well. I thought it was a really good piece of coaching. Mm. I think summing this one up, um, I thought Melbourne were tough considering the outs. Like, and Parramatta had outs as well. But then to have Munster split the skin and compound fracture his finger and then he's <laughs> end up having surgery and to come back. Oh, just, you know, Meany, I like Meany a lot, but he's obviously done a lot more work again this preseason. He, he was more than ample. He was very, very good. Uh, yeah. And then just those two middles, like... Fuck, I know Nelson's just a big human, but Mitchell Moses shit himself a few times and just tried to hit the deck when he ran near him and realised things were breaking down. I wouldn't be uh, standing and up tackling. I know, he, like, he, like let's just, we'll put it out there. I love the bloke, but he's got some grub in him. That's, let's be fair. But some of the hits are just brutal because grub of the sheer thug. size of him and they're, they're, people are booing. I'm like, that's just what happens when you run into a man that's not fucking human. Yeah. He's a giant walking amongst just ordinary people. Well, we fair. we went, uh, took a little girl, mm. took Lila, and she was um she loved it. Had a photo with the mascot, got a new jersey, got a footy. What else did she have? Didn't eat any food. No, we, we made sure we did. Chips made, sure, made sure we did the dinner before we before we went. But yeah, it was like that stadium. Yeah, and I took the young fella to Penrith the night after, and just the difference in the comfort and. The kids like the Penrith's got the hill. We were there early enough for him to run around on the hill. Yeah, but once that kick off, no way. You just can't like you can't do anything. You wouldn't be able to see a thing. It was um, <clears throat> yeah, crazy. But Combank's an unreal facility. Correct. Just to have a kid, it didn't didn't worry yeah. us at all. Easy access to toilets, food. Like it's that a parent room. Yeah, parent room. The whole like the facilities there are unbelievable. It was like we went to Allianz and said it again. It's basically Combank, but a little bit bigger. But yeah. the amount of food, drink, toilet options, and that like yeah. walk around loop is perfect. Yeah. So um, yeah, I know it's a lot easier sometimes to say, "Well, I'm going to just watch it at home," and it probably would have been easier. But yeah. she had an absolute ball. Well, that and, was me. Yeah, but it was just the comfort was was there. Yeah, it's good. Um, and probably like I said, the last sort of bits here. Harry was great. Um, seals the deal there in Golden Point. Meaning all those guys, but like just the small things, like Welch being back. I just, I knew we missed him, but seeing it again live, how good he was, King, like just just the underrated guys. Like there's so many guys. You can never that have just, too many good middles. They just do a job, and they did a really good job. I think for Para, I was probably just disappointed with the spine. Thought the halves were pretty average, and like Gutherson, I you know didn't think he had his best game. I thought the middles did a pretty good job, and the guys that filled in were okay, but just probably didn't get enough out of their spine on the night. And that, that cohesion, I guess, is going to come. And again, we spoke about it, how a Hodgson and the Harbs going to meld. Is he going to you know do the sort of a job or is he going to try and take a leadership sort of role and control things a bit more like he did out of Canberra? I, I, I don't know, but I, I think I'd like to see him play a little bit more off the deck considering the way they move through the middle and let those Harbs do their job. So... <clears throat> uh, Tough loss uh, first up, but both those teams have got plenty of upside. They've both got lots of players to come back. Melbourne, 
potentially lose Coates for a week or two. He's been named, but we'll wait and see. And Munster's looking at two to three weeks. So that just adds to the injury list they've got. So hopefully the draw that they've got, they can win a couple of the next few despite that. But moving on from that one, uh, the Warriors 20 to 12 over Newcastle at Wellington, which I, I thought was a bit of a weird move first up to take it away from Mount Smart. I thought you wanted to launch it there and obviously take some games around. But I, sure. I, I think the biggest thing I take away from this, and it's no surprise again because we we had the privilege to work with a guy, but I, I saw a lot of Webby in their defense and just their effort and a lot of things that you don't associate with Warriors football for a long time. Yeah. Um, there was some goal line stands. There were some scramble stands. There was just some general effort and physicality stuff and a lot of things that I was just like, that's Webby. And that's a really good base to start with. It is, yeah. What I liked about the Warriors, they were direct. They got back to what their core, core is, like direct power running. Yeah, second phase, offloads. roll. Um, but I felt like their attack actually stagnated the closer they got to the try line, opposition mm. try line. Yeah, they got a just bit. Just because they didn't have that room. No. So sort of inside 20, I felt like they just struggled a little bit because they couldn't. Yeah, just because they couldn't generate that momentum. Yeah. Like, it's actually easier to defend the Warriors the closer they get down to the line. So that's something that they're going to have to maybe have an adjustment to their attack based around the depth of the field, like wherever they are, or at least get a little bit deeper. Well, or... you're right, because look how they scored. <laughs> they scored from a dummy half, dummy run. They scored from a, a power crash in, and then that a lot of plays yeah. sort of break down where they were playing and passing and catching inside the 10, which like when we coach as an owner, you're going to be catching 10 or outside of when you're already under pressure yeah. playing inside that 20 because you just get no room. And with the Knights, like I felt like they needed to adopt the Warriors style. Like they, they came out and just went bang, 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 crashed over a nice, um, yeah. <clears throat> nice Isolated direct Johnson play. Yeah. Inside, outside line. And then never really got back to it. No. They wanted to pass. Well, and... they did it in both halves. They started oh. both halves the same way. They rolled downfield, got a repeat. Yeah. Got a penalty in the first half, got to repeat the second half, scored straight away, and then that was it. And I think that probably reflects what the message is. Like if they come out in the first five minutes and they play that way, and then they come out in the first five minutes of the second half and play that way, that's obviously what the coaching staff yeah. are telling them to do. Yeah, I just they wanted to pass the ball and finesse the ball where I don't think they're they might feel as though they've got flamboyant players, but they've got to get a little bit of blue collar back in them. Like like what Newcastle was always about, mm. which was knocking in the front door well, and then having those silky players on the outside to take advantage of With it. the two Safidis, you'd like to think you can do a pretty good job of that. Yeah. They've obviously got some different options in their back row now that they've got Hetherington, Fitzgibbon. But I, I, like, I also Frizzell. felt like they just kept, particularly when they are in good ball the night, so they just kept laying up. Like it, yeah, it just seemed up like they... Laying up got, the player left upon her. Everything nah, was but we just, up. they had to be like right on a spot. Yeah. And if it wasn't quite right, they'd lay up again. Yeah. And just it just made it easy for the Warriors to defend, in well, my opinion. That's what we've talked about for a few years now, about O'Brien yeah. went there, he's supposed to be this attacking coach, and we haven't seen much improve with their attack. Yeah. And I like Johnson running. Like, he was he was back to I thought doing a lot of running. He was very well balanced with Martin. I think Martin helped him a lot. I thought he was a lot more controlled in what he did. He wasn't erratic as such or panic. And I think that was probably... The other point that I was going to make to you, if anything, I thought they were a lot more patient than I've expected from a Warriors team. They built pressure, got repeats, yeah. sort of parked themselves down there a couple of times, and I was sort of like, where's the dumb pass? Where's the offload? Or something's coming. And it didn't come. They were happy to sit there and build pressure and juice them a little bit. And In saying that, like I felt the Warriors only shut this game down in the last sort of eight Well, That's why I made eight more mention to their defense, because I thought that was what got them home. Newcastle had the sin binning. Yeah, Phoenix Crossland went off Sinbin. Well, that was three. That was critical because they then got a glut of possession on the Warriors' line, but had to yeah. do it with twelve players, which made it again a lot easier to to sort of defend. 
Yeah. So it was, it was a bit of a weird, um, yeah, a little bit of a weird, uh, weird period in the game there. There was a tackle from Charles Nickel Clockstad oh, on Caleb Ponga, which I thought was probably Cork. that was a difference in the game with what is it? Yeah, and they had another one. I think it was Cozy got enough of Heimel Hunt to slow him down. Then Pompey took him into touch. That was another that one was they late, saved. Yeah, later than that. Um, <clears throat> there was a couple of moments like that, but that, I think that was the real highlight for me at this. So similar to you, I thought saving. I, I don't think I would have thought more in my head that I would have seen a Warriors team be so patient with the football. Bank points, but then more so defend their way to a win. That's not really what we've associated with the Warriors, ever. If you so. said to me this time last week, Warriors are going to going to score twenty points, yeah. so they win or lose, I'll be like, oh. and like be patient, and get repeat sets, and pressure attack, <laughs> like, and then def- defend. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So credit twelve points. That's perfect. Great base um, to start with, and, and a good win. And I think again, like you said, some of those names. Um, Chance was great. I thought Ford was pretty good again for a new new edge. I, well, I thought he was good, like coaching against him last year. He was yeah, just I sort really of wasn't sure. It's really solid in the two games we played against him. But if you get this, is the sort of thing we're talking <laughs> about at the start of the year when I reviewed the Warriors, and I had probably a couple of guys messaging me saying they're disappointed that I said I don't think they could make. Yeah, I, I'm more. I'm looking at the positive of what I'm talking about. The long game here. They they got back into the junior football. They've announced next year they're going to get back in every single level of the pathway system. They let a couple of guys go that didn't want to be there. They pushed out a few guys that didn't want to be there. They've promoted two more guys within their system. They've got two spots left. They've got these young forwards that we said, Leia Tower, Laban, etc. They're going to build this the right way. And if they have patience in Webby and the sort of things he wants to do and bring, which you've already seen in the base of the defense, and then they get some kids coming through and make some smart signings like they did, in a couple of years' time, this should be sustainable in a very, very good football team. But what you don't want is someone to come in in 12 months, make a couple of shit signings, overpay a couple of people and get the same old thing happening again where... Are you really committed to being a New Zealand warrior and living in New Zealand and being a long-term player? Yeah. The more they have of their own in their team, the less they're going to have to worry about it and the less they're going to have to worry about going out and getting the market. Yeah. So you lay the right foundations, you do the right things here, and the guys they brought home as well are all New Zealand-based kids or players originally. Murata Niakore come through their system. Tamara Martin was through the Tigers Cable Park via New Zealand, so going back to New Zealand. And Charles Nicol Clogstad was in their system. They got him from the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. So a lot of what they brought back has natural links and ties to their club. Um, and then I think it's just always been sort of a thing. They've always had one crazy as fuck Australian in their team, which Mitch Barnett perfectly represented on the weekend again. He did. So <clears throat> He sure did, man. Good base. Um, but yeah, Tohu, good. I think Egan, again, slowly improving. So just that, the, the balance of the halves. I thought the halves played really well together. Johnson was a lot <clears throat> more controlled and probably what you want to see. Be like Benji at the back end when Benji put a lot of that stuff away and played more like a genuine half and a game manager. Yeah. So hopefully that balance comes, but uh, there was a lot of positives there for the Warriors. For Newcastle, there were some moments of brilliance from Ponga, but again, I think if they're just going to do what you're saying, lay up and constantly look to go left, it's going to be very predictable against better sides. Yeah. It's not going to work. And then whether they can do exactly what you said. If you've got those kind of front rowers, Frizzell, you know, Hetherington, Elliot, all those kind of guys there, if you're not going to be able to play through the middle and sort of kick the front door in, good luck. Um, and then just balance, I guess, between their spawn. Like Braley, good game management, good service, not awfully creative. Hastings wants to get lost touches of football. Miller's sort of a runner, and then I still think a lot of the creativity is going to be coming off Ponga. So mm. it's a lot of pressure, and you know where he is going to be. It's going to be that left-hand sword. So moving on from that one. Uh, Panthers-Broncos, the 13-12 result. A lot of people... Just absolutely rattled that they've lost two in a row. Well, 
both by really. field goal, but Not I, really I think two in a row because yeah, I guess any competition points for the tr- for a trial. There's round. been a, there's been a lot of meltdown <clears> after one round that you just sort of like, okay, let's calm down because these are the sort of things we talked about. When you take players that are top two or if not best in their position away, there's adjustment, and you have start off with a lot of depth and guys sort of naturally fill in. But three grand finals in a row, a couple of seasons now, and players going out. Yeah, you've seen a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe a decline in their overall level of play, but they're going to have to adjust, and it's not going to happen overnight. They've also had a huge representation of the World Cup. A lot of guys who have done next to no preseason. Yeah, we spoke about it a lot. And they're going to play their way in. So, like, am I sold on the edge side of things yet? Well, clearly not. And then they yank Garner after 50 minutes, which to me, I'm like, well, for now, I just I'd need to play somebody and give them 80 minutes for at least a month. I don't like the whole... Chopping and changing. Yeah, but it just, may be that he just doesn't have the gas to go. Well, 80. that's what I don't get because at the Tigers, he played there in the centres and he did 84. Yeah, I don't, so. I, I'm not saying he doesn't. I, no, I don't I'm know. Just, yeah. The hooker combo in the end, I, I think if Penrith put Sony on 10 minutes earlier, they potentially win the game. Well, they should have won but, the game anyway. Yeah, I know, Martin, Martin, there's Martin other tries, try. yeah. moments they bomb, but yeah. yeah, they were clunky with attack. I think when Mitch Kenny's on, as we've said before, he's... Deception, his manipulation around the rock, like what he adds there, it's kind of reminded me of Cleary, Maloney, Panthers, where we used to sit there and go, why are they under so much pressure? Like when you're not accountable to the rock, you get more pressure. You get inside pressure, you get rushed. And I also thought they really pushed it again in the conditions rather than just going, fuck this, we've got a really good forward pack. Let's get into that arm wrestle. Let's go set for set. Let's do what Reynolds is doing with Brisbane and kicking and going backwards and forwards and getting the yo-yo here and let's put him in the fucking washing machine. Yeah, all right. Watching Penrith attack, there's been a lot said about Penrith attack. I feel as though there's a lot of long passing in Penrith attack at the moment. Yeah. Whereas I think they need to build, well, they've always built momentum around their power forwards, power running, and then short passing. Mm. And the short passing then opens up the long sequences. Yeah. So knock down the front door, shorten the defensive line, and then your long passes come into play. Yeah. I do think that the weather's played, played a part in that. New combinations have played a part in that. Early in the year's played a part mm. in that. And we've, we've been over that ad nauseum, so I don't really want to... No, I think the weather's really what bothered me more that. on that point you're making, though. I'm like, in that weather, I thought but they I would shorten up. Brisbane deserved to win. 100%. I, yeah. I, I thought they was waiting, I, The whole whole game, I was waiting for them to get beat. Yeah. And then when they kicked the field goals, I was like, wow, okay. And they, Penrith got the late try, but... And they scrambled really if Penrith well. Penrith would have nabbed that game late, they, they didn't deserve it. Brisbane gritted out yeah. a really, really good 80-minute performance, and... Yeah, to keep Penrith to 12 on their own patch is a massive achievement and well, a, a, a win that they thoroughly deserved. And realistically, I think we may look back at this early part of the year and go, that was, that was a good time to play Penrith. Yeah. Well, like good time said, to play the Roosters like we're going to talk about on, them yeah. later on. You said that um, last week. Yeah, yeah. Thought I, they should win, but this is probably the best time to play in the situation play, and the health. And, yeah. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think... I, but I, I'd probably go back to their defence. And a lot of people saying, oh, Cameron Serrato's not there. But look, Without being disrespectful to Cameron, like a lot of what he's done, yeah, well, which should still be ingrained there. It's right? no different to what I said about like, Barrett he when he left there. Barrett was the reason they attacked so well. Well, no offense, Webby wasn't even no, the attack I'm not, coach. I'm not, no, I think it's different with Serato because he was there for a long time, yeah. like a very long time. And what Decade. what was what they've done defensively, like it'd be ingrained. So there's no excuse. Like you can't just say, well, he's left, so therefore yeah, we don't know we've forgotten everything. Those we don't principles we've passed on state. I, I really thought that they're just their one-on-one defense in the middle. If you go and look at the try which Farnworth scores, uh, I think it's from a man, Ezra man line break, that, like Penrith fall off and miss four or five one-on-one tackles, which yeah. you just, you don't see. So 
they're just a little bit off in terms of where they're at, just on both sides of the ball, which is, I guess, to be expected. Um, yeah. yeah Liam, Liam Martin, like, bomb try. Great save. Yeah, great, great, save. great save. Reynolds also had a cracker save on, was it Luai? Yeah. I he thought... looked like he was going in. Um, Stephen Crichton. He didn't have his best night. No, I didn't uh, think he He'd was... come up with a very strange kick at one stage of the game. Well. A couple of errors. Uh, and then there was a um, a pass where he could have hit Toto on the right edge. where he, they, All he needed to do was hit Toto and he scores in the second half and it went forward. Uh, yeah, he, he came up with a key miss for the Reynolds where Reynolds put the, uh, the kick through. Well, Reynolds, oh, no, sorry, Reynolds, well, Reynolds popped him on the pass because he Reynolds knows he likes feigned, to go for the pick. So yeah, he played so a bit earlier and thought, I'm well, going to no, get he actually, he, he actually feigned a kick. I've got that and that's going to be, I'm going to put a couple of steals of that up as well. Frozen. Went, it was 4v4 and last play, Reynolds sort of caught the ball. Mm. Crichton was square on Farnworth and Reynolds sort of dropped the ball down to his foot mm. and Crichton came in ever so slightly and then Reynolds was just really Zing. classy and just picked the ball up and zinged it across him. And Crichton's got this penchant for going for intercepts and it just nabbed him on his outside shoulder and it was a really classy bit of ball playing from um, Adam Reynolds. Mm. I still think their nine situation is not ideal, but they got mm. enough out of both their nines on the night. Who are we um, talking about? Brisbane. Penrith? Oh, Brisbane, yeah. yeah. I, I think Penrith just have to figure out the minutes, but like, I don't know if it's because Sony was off another injury in the off-season or they want to build him into things, but you, you saw the difference at the end. Well, like, Mitch Kenny picked the ball up, got caught a few times with no one around him, yeah. wrong space. The other thing as well, like no offense, because I know he's been converted, but it's been three or four years now working as a hooker. The service needs to be better. The amount of times the ball is getting caught behind or on the hip, like it's got to be out in front. Well, even he doesn't. He doesn't pass off the deck. No. So I'm looking at those sort of things going. All those things when you're already not deceptive on the ground, the one thing that needs to be fucking A-grade crisp is your service. Because yeah. you instantly defensively, he, he's great There's no defensively. doubt better defensively, and he's but he's a better grip player. They've got to move Sony. Like Sony. we spoke about, though. You can, so you can't get spotted. Did it with Prince, did it with Thurston. Just shuffle him around so you can't get spotted. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I, why, everyone, everyone carries on about it. I, I think his defense is fine. But that, Look, yeah, but and, not to, and again, just to avoid... he's another one like coaching against him last year going, you're fucking, like he's a nightmare. He's but a first grader. You understand what I mean as well, though. When you've had a couple of injuries and you're a bit smaller, you're just more... I'm thinking long term. If you want to get him through the year and you know he's going to be a big part, yeah, but I want to manage where him is, through. Where is all these missed tackles? Like everyone talks about, oh, he's missed so many tackles. Like, like I, don't, I just don't see where, where it's a concern. Show me the evidence as to why his defense is a concern, why his minutes are a concern. Why can't he play 80? Oh, I think you could see it, but like, I saw the World Cup when Smiley goes straight over the top of him or a few people go, I'm like, yeah, NRL's like that, not New South Wales Cup. I'm not saying he can't defend. No. Well, I'm saying for his long-term well-being. But a lot of hookers get health, run over in every game. I'd rather Harry Grant him, gets run over. Yeah, no, but I'm just more saying to manage the situation, you can play him a lot more minutes. Yeah. But well, move him around or don't let him get spotted up. I'm just If we're going along that line, I'd be I'd be playing Kenny the, the first 20 and then if you want to move Kenny to lock for a little bit like they were last and that's year. That's what I was going to say. Save yourself that interchange as well if that's your worry. By just playing him as middle. Put Sony they already do on. that. And I, if I see Sony Luke fool someone with put his ass out one way and then play back that way again, it's like... Oh, it's horrendous. He sold both sides and he got was, through. His deception is outstanding. It's mm. as good as Appy's deception. Um, yeah, it's just classic, classic Sony Luke. I was exchanging text with... Guys to coach with at Penrith, and then a few other guys who were on our staff last year, just because we hammered that home the week well, we played Penrith. Just what, what about his if first Sony touch? Luke has his ass to you, he's coming to you. Yeah, be ready. 
And what about his first touch though? That's what I mean. He went the right way straight away. He jumped and got the markers to bite and he stole 18 metres. Yeah. It's the sort of things I'm saying that you you can't teach someone like a Mitch Kenny, whether he's been working on it for three years now, between service, that, manipulation, deception, like it's just, it's just not there. They're just different players. So <clears throat> you, if you want to do the, the grit work and take a bit of sting out and give him 25 and then roll Cerny in for the last 15 and then try and get him through the whole second half, I've got no problem with that. Yeah. But he needs to play more. Because I honestly thought at the back end there, that was the difference. It opened their attack up and they looked a hell of a lot more dangerous. Um, and they didn't look like they were forcing things as much. Because prior to that, it felt like Luai was trying to run a bit more and cut back in and really getting involved. And Nathan was handing the ball, but it just it didn't look like it was working. And overall, like I said at the start, I thought their forward pack got outdone. I thought Carrigan and Haas were better than the Penrith Middles. Yep. So, uh, Reynolds again, kicking, control, played the conditions... Had those couple of big moments, but yeah, between his, his general play kicking and the field goal, did a good job. Selwyn, um, you know, I sort of said the other night, like, you want to play fullback, you want to prove you can play the minutes, have that impact on the game. Well, I thought he actually did a pretty bloody good job. Um, so for him, congrats. And, and Herbie, just a couple of quality moments as you come to expect from Farnworth, and that's why the Dolphins got on board. So I thought that was sort of the best for the Bronx. For Penrith, huge to have Edwards back. He's, just, he's just everywhere. Yeah. He almost went to 300 again. The set starts were a lot better. Thought their OBs were actually pretty good. They all got through the plenty of work as they did. Like I said, it was more just the pack sort of disappointed me a little bit. And I, I think they need to have a bit more patience like I'm talking about in terms of who's on that left edge or who, who they're going to use to start with. I think they need to get a good month and have a look at, like, this is what we're going to go with to start with and we'll we'll push. And then, yeah, that minute breakdown between the nines, obviously, something they need to work on. But moving on from that one, Manly and the Dogs, 31-6. to six. Uh, I thought Manly was great. I, what impressed me more than anything was their defense. I thought the two most physical sides over the weekend and not from a point of view of, you know, like stopping the ball or, or offloads and wrestle and control and all that, just straight-up pure contact, forcing errors and hurting players. I thought the Dolphins and Manly impressed me more than anyone. Manly were hitting to hurt. The ball came out multiple times. Bodies were getting dropped left, right, and center. It wasn't just the case of, all right, Two up top, asses in front, let's control, blade, chop, three in, peel out. Like There was some good straight-up one-on-one or two-on-one contact where they were looking to fucking put bodies down and force mm. errors. And they they got plenty of forced errors in this game. Um, overall, attack definitely needs some work. Like There were some good moments. There were some clunky moments. And again, it's not even the real spine just yet because Turbo was clearly not the full version of himself and he still had a pretty good impact on the game. And then you have Schuster, who's had a decent offseason who wasn't there. So Cooper just did his job and let Cherry kick and control most things. But they scored off, you know, a little Premier League tap through an intercept. They got two either side of the sin bin, which, to be fair, I didn't think was a sin bin. I thought it was a shit call. Um, but, uh, yeah, I felt they were much more dominant, but probably couldn't bank as much as what I would have liked to have seen with their attack. Yeah, I, I tend to disagree a little bit. I think Turbo was a difference, but... Like, just his ability to shorten a defensive line. Like, it makes attack a lot easier. I felt like their attack was certainly dangerous. Mm. I also felt like the Bulldogs' defense is, has improved. So, you see, definitely seeing that impact from Serato over at the Bulldogs. Um, the one the one that I found interesting was that they awarded them Reed Mahoney try. Like, we spoke about that one last week where... I didn't think that was a good enough angle, but if he sent it up as a try, they've obviously stuck but, with it. Yeah, like I thought he's, they clearly, I John's clearly knocked the ball out and he didn't have any control. That was one 
just that you you fall on the other side of that argument. To me, I, I just looked at it. And I was like, "There's fucking. There's no way he's got control there. Like if he's getting up to play the ball, then that's, that's what, mate. I'm, so, I'm more talking the loose ones where you ground a kick and you get yeah, a finger right. or downward pressure. Those well, ones I'm more like, well, you can't technically even you have look control. At, you look at Mahoney's reaction. He was like, "Wow, okay." Mm. Um, yeah, but you're right. I think this, the tipping point was the sin bin for the dogs. I didn't agree with it. I thought it was they, a shit call. Um, and people go, well, it was, it was in the middle of the game. Well, just understand the impact that has on your, on your gas. They, your they gas scored. level was 31 degrees. Yeah, and they scored um, on the side of the half. And they really had put them into a hole. 55% possession against. Mm. So it just, um, it killed them. Along with, they had 24, or sorry, 26 combined errors, penalties, and set restarts. Well, they were six all at that point, and that got him in halftime, 12-6, and then they scored yeah, yeah, straight after halftime. But combine a Simbin with that, it gave the Bulldogs no chance of winning that game. Mm. So, in, but, in any game, no. if you're giving up 26 combined errors, penalties, set restarts, like that's... But it's just, it was a real crucial time. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, and no offence, to me, the Bulldogs, you play that game again, they don't win. What I, no, I get that. I but if they, they take win. all those errors, penalties, restarts but out, it gives them a, a fair chance. Six right? all with five to go, and then you concede straight away, and then you concede straight after half time, it puts you in a hole. What I felt was really underrated as well is just the impact, and I thought it was smart coaching, having at times when they get to the middle of the field, mainly in, in attacking situations where they put Turbo on one side and Dale Cherry Evans on the other. Mm. rather than putting them both on the same yeah, side giving it and having away. the defence going, well, let's just stack over there. And this is also They were splitting them up. Without I think Shusha. the try that Garrick scored on the left-hand side, mm. Turbo got the ball, Cherry Evans was on the right-hand side, yep. and all Turbo did was catch and pass. Yeah. And they actually stripped him on the outside. But they made him accountable for both sides. Correct, right? yeah. And, this and got, is the you, thing, got your even split defensively. This is the, I thought the back rowers were outstanding, in particular, Kawatu gave kick out bath, I thought. But this is what makes me more excited when they get back a Schuster. Because Schuster, as we said, is a guy who's naturally got all that skill, but you have to be accountable to him physically. He's yeah. not a guy you can just go, yeah? If he starts to dig in a line and get closer, the outside man gets itchy. He creates numbers mm. because he's so physical. So once you've got him, Tom... You know, willing to stride out and be 100% because you can tell at times there he's a little bit hesitant. Cherry on the right, like, they're going to be a lot more threatening when they've got three points on the field that can touch the football, control the football, and link. Absolutely. I, I thought they did a number on kick out. That was the last point I had. I think he had yeah. no tackle breaks, one off low, two errors, and five missed tackles. And the worst kick of all time. <laughs> it wasn't a great Matt kick. Burton, like, but also at the end, you could see they had a bit of a push and shove. I know. You could see kick out was. But frustrated. Burton and Flanagan and I have said that, I said this in the preview. Like he's been paid like he's a marquee. They want a lot of people to come for him. He played centre in a really, really good team and everyone's looking at that side of things. Well, now you're playing five eight in a team that needs you to do a little bit more. Like you've played rep football, you've been away of Australia. Why the fuck are you passing the ball on play five to your back row on your own thirty? There's no excuse for doing There's that. There's one excuse for that. He didn't know it was last level. Well, fucking mate. <laughs> his foot is... But what I'm saying is that doesn't wash anyway. No, so he has a bazooka as a foot. So mm. stick it on that and just fucking get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought their halves were overall pretty ordinary. Perham had some good moments in terms of like just carrying and running, but they didn't really get a chance to show themselves. They couldn't get out of yardage. The only bloke who made a dent in yardage was Karaz. Yeah. And then obviously missing their front rowers hurt like we said it would and... That was showing. I, I thought Paseca and Manly really laid the fucking smack down through the middle. They smashed them through the middle. So, overall, um, good day for Manly. Good start of the year. And uh, the Bulldogs, I guess, it doesn't get any easier. They go to Melbourne this week. But again, you're not going to get Melbourne at a better time. Melbourne's still missing Olam, Sims, Tui, now Munster, all these guys. I know they're missing a couple of front rowers, but far out. Like, 
Um, I know Brookie, Brookie was jumping on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's not it was jumping. It's not an ideal second game to have, but they're not going to get a much better situation. So I ho- hope the halves in particular can have themselves a better day. But uh, Reed was the clear standout in terms of effort and energy. I know, you know, yeah. there, there wasn't a lot to speak of, but he certainly made a, an impression on his first game. So and the other thing, I, I guess, with that middle is they didn't trust their bench, and that was the other thing we said when we looked at who they had. Preston, the debutant, and Tanner only got nine minutes and 13 minutes. So you're putting a huge expectation on Sutton and a few of the guys, King, that were out there, the, plus the sin bin, and up against the huge forward pack. That was always going to hurt, mm. and it was proven to be the case. So uh, I guess he's going to have to stick solid, and then we, we'll get a real idea once they get Pungai and uh, Thompson back. But yeah. Literally said yeah. in the preview, they're, yeah. when they're not injured or suspended, that's also a hard thing, so... Could yeah. be a long year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, if they're long term. Mm. Uh, Cowboys Raiders. I really enjoyed this game. This is literally the old classic tale of two halves. In the first half, the Cowboys literally almost had eighty percent of possession, close <laughs> to, but deserved all of it because yeah. they, similarly to that point we made before about the Warriors, they didn't get bored when they parked themselves down there. They threw all sorts. They played short. <clears throat> they had some nice crash plays, dummy half plays. They hit both their halves. They got to their edges. Ran their back rows, they they forced dropouts, and they just refused to leave. They just parked themselves down there in camera and were- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But we'll just fucking wait. Until yeah, I know, but I, I felt like Canberra's defense Canberra did a great was job. very, very good. And then to get the try, the first mm. defensive set down the other end of the field on halftime and going 18-6. Yeah, I want to talk about wrapped. the first 20 minutes. Mm. Like, they... It was 10-0, and the Cowboys were 12 from 12 completions. Like you said, they parked themselves down there. Oh, yeah. I was super impressed with Canberra's movements, uh, their line speed. So, Madge has had, a, you know, obviously, a clear impact down there. He's, he's looking after defense. But it's just how much juice did that sap out of you in that period? Yeah, and it hurt. Probably caught up with them at the back end of the game. Not that they didn't have their chances to win, but mm. Tony be down 10-0, I think, uh, the... Raiders would have been happy with that, mm. really. But, yeah, it was probably... There was a little period there, I think, where... Was it Rapana kicked the ball away? And then it gave him a penalty. Penalty, uh, yeah. which field. I thought... Uh, no, I was, well, was still defending their trial line. And, um, yeah, just their discipline probably... Uh, right. Fell away a little bit under fatigue, which I guess is... Yeah, you, you just probably expect that. Under fatigue, you, your concentration lapses and you, you know. Just a question. What goes on in Rapana's head? I don't know. I love Rapana as a player, but like... He's he, a, he's an OG Titan, Rapana. He, he spent 10 or so minutes like bored out in the wing because they had no footy and then when they finally got it back and kicked it down the other end, he decided to cave Scott Water, Drinkwater's face in and then come in with the big Grim Reaper swinging arm and try and tomahawk him as well. I he's aggressive. He's just I know he's aggressive, aggressive but there's yeah. moments like that where, like the last trial, he coding at someone and was lucky not to get suspended. Now he's got three weeks. Like, but it got to like it got to eighteen nil, and but Canberra just gritted back. Like yeah. to score right on half time, that was your earlier point. Gula, 
great carry. More to what we've come to expect of him, and hopefully a bit more to come this year. The other try, the one that killed me, the Cowboys second half. No, I'm not saying I'm not taking anyway. Oh, Canberra, mate, but the Cow- Cowboys been. went on a, a little spree there of errors and change and the dropout. I don't know what was bloody going there. Like, which got, one are you talking about? When you got a six 12? point lead, just fucking kick it deep. Yeah. Right. But at half time, eighteen six, I would have been wrapped. And the man that come in to get for the ball, like they left it uncovered, and Jack just strolls into the corner. I thought that was insanity. Yeah, going back to the dropout, that's just. Go deep. Yeah, I think sometimes players and teams can get stuck on, well, this is what we do in this situation. Well, And that's cool. Mate. But you need to have when game you, awareness. When you got a lead, and, get rid of it. Simple. Yeah, you need to adapt to what does a game require from us at this point in time. Mm. So, I think... Um, but it also... May, maybe in that situation, they're like, we can't hold out for another set. Mm. Maybe the players are just like, fucking, we're going short here. Yeah. And you know what? Like... Because well, we can't hold out. They were their own worst they, they in the second half. I thought they... They know. They so just, in, that, in that regard, like if you get back in the sheds and they say, fuck, coach, we were gas, man. There's no way we're defending that set. Yeah, okay. Mm. So I think there's probably a little bit of that that would have gone on behind closed doors after the game. Um, I One comment about Canberra's attack, I felt like oh, Starling... I felt like Starling was hitting a lot of leads. Like particularly when they were down in good ball, like they were just going crash for a lead, for a crash for a lead. Yeah, I I, I didn't love that, which I felt like he it was stagnating their offensive momentum, particularly when they were inside the ten. Um, yeah, and obviously what happened in the first half sucked oh, a lot took of juice gas, out. And of them, I, I think that was one thing I looked at when I looked at their forwards and thought. No one really laid a hell of a platform, but they did so no. much bloody defending that you just sort of work your way through. Probably def- robbed their chance of having that consistent impact across the 80 minutes. Mm. Thought uh, Gula was... Like Gula and Horsberg, I thought, off the bench. They did, were unreal. They both did a great job. Because yeah. like Tarpany and all those Can other they, guys got juiced. 18 all with 20 to go. Oh, Ricky Stewart's going, let's go. I'm, I'm going to throw one out there. If I'm Peyton, I'm filthy with our errors in execution in the second half. But I would have been happy, yeah. The good teams find a ways to finish games and off. At that point in time, the Raiders had 44% of the ball. Exactly. They got back to 18 all. But good teams finish games off. And when it mattered the most, they got, in, got into gear. They got themselves downfield. They set up and they executed. Yeah, so. so they made more errors. They conceded more penalties. It was a tough performance from Canberra, but... Tough yeah. doesn't tough doesn't win you games. No, you no, need I, to have that polish and that quality. Well, what you're saying, I, I was really disappointed with their attack. I thought their spine was ordinary. Um, the fullback situation, like Chris is doing a job, but in between their halves, I would have expected a bit more. I thought Jack didn't have a great day. Um, Foggy made an error, couple of errors. Yeah, I think but maybe they probably one. they did enough offensively to win, really, mm. didn't they? Oh, well, no, obviously drop not, out dummy half deflection. I mean, they're in, in the game. Generally, I know they were tired, but I didn't feel they were a whole. Heap threatening, like I don't know. It's not the ideal game. It's a hard place to go. Would have been hot as oh fuck. You've spent the whole first half of that football. But just I thought they would have been a bit more creative. Yeah, or but go through more... and look at the spine, right? So you say the spine were ordinary, but you've got Starling runner, Whiten runner, Fogarty bit of deception, but he's probably well, Levi 50-50. started. He's a runner. And then you've got um, Chris, who's a runner. So yeah, Levi who started. There just wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of momentum. But again, if, if your game is based off running in second phase and you're missing Papali and it's Tarpany on his own and he gets juiced at the start, you need to be a bit more multiple than that. You can't just be relying well, on Well, you can, you can say that, but there's just weeks there where you are a little bit limited in who hmm. you've got available and how much time you've got to prepare as well. But, 
Yeah, they uh, they did very very well given the circumstances to get back to where they were, and I think again, so. They got the Dolphins this week. That's going to be an interesting at game just to, just to line that form up. So, because I I would think that was a much stronger or a much higher quality game mm. than Three. what the Roosters dished up. Not so much what the Dolphins dished up, more what the Roosters dished up. Yeah, thought uh, Drinkwater was great in this one. Townsend closed things out nicely, and their forward pack did a good job. Overall, thought they again, again, they're a team that's on the up and growing, and all those guys will keep improving, and they'll get a couple of guys back as well. So, I think for the Cowboys, it's just more disappointing, like I said, that they didn't kind of go on with it and sort of fell on a heap for 15, 20 minutes there and let them back in. Canberra, I think, again, it's more what we said. The clunky was a, a bit attack, was a bit clunky, and I'm sure that'll get better. But their bench, when Starling, Horsburgh, Gould, I thought they all come on and made a difference, which is what you want, mm. um, and certainly. Gave me a decent sniff in this game, so uh, we move on from that one. Probably the best quality game I thought of the round, but disappointed with the way the second half finished because all the Sharks just shit the bed and took themselves out of the equation. Was this this game between them and Cronulla? Well, um, I thought those two, like Cowboys Raiders, and then this yeah. this one were probably the two. Twenty seven eighteen, <laughs> but they just error, 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 error. They really took themselves out of this in the second half and just gave themselves no the Sharks, yeah. yeah. It's a start with Tatola gone, play one, arrow only last 20 minutes, blows his hemi in to think they were down to Shaq Mitchell well, on the bench and Mawale, who's you know only played a handful of games and played 15, 20 minutes, and to do what they did. It's extremely tough when they're middles. They were good. And they're early. They were really good. Mm. The uh, two middles off the bench? Oh, oh, I thought, as a whole as well, yeah, like I, just in the circumstances. Shaq Mitchell, that was the best game I've ever seen him play, and I watched a fair bit of him last year in... New South Wales Cup, that was a, a really, really good performance from... Well, even the changes Mitt. he made. Like, I was like, okay, start with Mawale and then giving Chi the full 80 minutes and he did a job for him. I was like, okay, yeah. Demetria, good job. Yeah. Um, but they, they were impressive and I think the biggest thing overall, we've talked year on year, left-hand side, left-hand side, left-hand side, they're in middle short. Well, they looked, again, multiple using that word the other night because the right edge of Ilias Campbell, Graham, Kalamatungi certainly developed. And we said last year that it's going to be a, a long year or maybe a, a hard year to judge Ilias because he's learning in first grade because two years of COVID wiped out any chance of him developing in flag yeah. or New South Wales Cup. So you've seen, obviously, a market jump there. Kalamatungi... I gave him no chance last year yeah. for that reason. And mm. But they scored everything on the right. They really got after Moylan. Cook through the middle because they did a good job through the middle and, and Murray evolving with the way he played there was able to jump out and run a lot more. So clearly, Demetrio's been in him about you need to get back to what you do well. And the left-hand side was barely used. So hmm. Ilias was the reason they won the game. Yeah. And it go, was, go it was his defense. The, initial, the initial part, the save on Mulatalo. Yeah. Goes and up then the three end. minutes later, he goes up, scores. So His kicking game from, was good. You know, one try up Cronulla to one try up South. 12-point mm. turnaround just on his own bat because it was an individual run. Uh, that scored the try, and it was an individual defensive play that saved the try down yeah. the other end. And he jammed back rowers mm. and leads and anyone that tried to spot that him. That was probably the thing I took out of it. I, I really went, yeah, okay, look, you're maturing as a first grader here. Yeah. You're defending tough. Um, teams aren't really... Well, they're going to target you to get your tackle count up to try and fatigue you, but I don't feel like they're targeting you because they think you're a weak defender. Nah. There's a big difference. And he's going to be a big half. Like he's but a decent size. If you're going back to the Mortalo one, why wouldn't he change the ball? Why isn't the ball in the left hand? I'm more bothered. He's in the he right hand and he's laying up. And he was smiling. Like just get, it in the, get it in the left hand. Finish it, mate. And get the ball down. Mm. 
Like that's that's a huge play and, in the context he, of that game. And he sort of, and again, at the end of the game, it's four tries to three. Yeah, and I think he he sort of makes up for a little bit when he runs down Thompson and does a hell of a job to knock that one out. But he should have scored that one. Mm. Um, so he sort I think of gets the, his the other help even. that Ilias is getting is Kalama Tungy. Like he's improved again. He's again. He just I he'll he crash into the line. Origin, he can offload. He can pass. He can skip up. He's just got skill coming out his wazoo. Also, uh, and he's just—he's a physical presence in defence. Like right. when we're talking about crashing into Ilias, you're not getting overly excited by getting dinged by Colin no. Tungy. The only one who really got me last year, it surprised me how well he went, was Tass. I thought he was really good again. Yeah. So yeah, he's improved a lot. You know, to have like that, and I think Thompson more confidence. Like he had a couple errors and obviously got run down, but he'll improve there. I think the concern for them still is just are they one middle short? So when I say him lose to Toller and lose a arrow over the year that they can't afford to get thin in that area but if they can be more than no, just right. a left hand edge you said that earlier you can't have too many good middles nah with Melbourne and talking about the Bulldogs as well you see about see the impact that it has 100% on, and yeah you know like I said that's I, going to be for every team but particularly South yeah definitely. and we talked about in their preview the reason they didn't add anyone is because they obviously have good kids good guys in their squad and they think they're going to improve yeah you, and you, also you, you want to unlock Cook yeah how do you unlock Cook we unlock Cook by kicking the front door in yeah so they kicked the front door in. He naturally ran a lot more. Murray helped a lot more through the middle and, you know, being that link player and both their edges were good. So if they're going to be playing both sides of the field and but a threat I feel like the they've really part, got the mix back into their team because yeah. last year I felt like Ilias was learning. Yeah. But now you've almost got that orchestrator. And he they're kicked back really to well. what Yeah, back to what Reynolds was giving them. Yeah. That's why I, f- I firmly believe they're... They're a very good chance, and I tipped them to win the comp this year. Long, long way to go. And for Cronulla, that was a good start. I thought they had quality moments as well, but they were the, their own biggest enemy, and yeah. particularly the second half. They just let themselves down with errors. They never gave themselves a chance. Well, there's been a lot made of the Wade Graham tackle as well. Well, like, he's ended up with four weeks. I've seen before because they fought the there charge. There were some people that were saying, "Oh, that was okay. There was no contact Man, with the head." Straight going, in the head. I, I got no idea what game you're watching if you can't see that, that like, was contact. With he the got head. up. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter if and he got up or not. When when he got called out by the referee, he already he agreed. He agreed with the referee and then walked before he given him ten minutes. He knew he, exactly he, what was coming. He there was no complaint at all because he was waiting yeah. for the ten minutes to go up. He knew. Yeah, and he I got, can't believe they fought it. Me either. So he's ended up with a month off now. It's crazy. Instead of three. I yeah. just would have caught the three. Yeah. I tend to agree. But it was what like, were they hoping for a downgrade, which would have been It was what? like the other one, though. I said here, though. Like the, bu- the bunker was only supposed to be for foul play. How that one get flagged up, and they replayed the Rapana one 800 times for a stoppage on drink water. Yeah. I was like, in game, a couple of years ago, that would have got you sent off. Mm. That wouldn't have got you sin binned. In the 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 red hot crack. The old magic ground. The magic ground crack, yeah. And Rapana would have been... Oh, there would have been nine on nine. He would have a shower after 15 minutes. Sitting on the sideline, his track shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought there was some positives here. The biggest positive here for me, and I know I've ran a rave about the last few years, I still think Trindle's the way forward. I know they re-signed Moylan, but I just think Trindle's too good not to be playing first grade. And at some point during the year... So how does Moylan fit in then? He doesn't for me. That's why I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have re-signed him. He's active. Well, they offered him a year, and I thought, like, given the circumstances at this point in his career and what he delivered, he probably needs to be year to year, health wise and form wise. Mm. But they gave him the extra years, and then I thought, there's no way they're going to be able to keep Trindle. Then they re-signed him the off-season for three years, and I thought, well, I tell you what, that wouldn't have been for free. I'm not saying it would have cost him a mint, but I don't think they would have got him for any less than four hundred. Yeah. Because if he's on the open market, I was saying that to you not long ago about Parramatta. This whole Mitchell Moses, Dylan Brown thing, where they're like, we all want one point two. 
1.1, I would have picked one of them and then I would have went after a guy like Braden Trindle and just gone, all right, I'm moving forward. Yeah. If Mitchell Moses wants 1.3 from the Tigers, well, then fuck it on your bike. Get Braden Trindle in. He's a goal kicker. He's a good player. He's creative. That's Yeah, that's like, the art. I guess, but if you've got two and you've got them there... I get that. I just think... You'd like to... It's great at the moment why Nico's hurt, but I thought last year, and I said this, they didn't have a genuine seven. They're playing with all these fullbacks. I thought in crunch games, they needed someone to kick and be a bit more of a steering wheel. Like, he's a genuine seven. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I thought think... he kicked really well. I don't disagree. That 40-20 was a fucking belter. Mm. But some of his general play kicking, he's a good goal kicker. But do you think that Moylan's in the team because of what happened last year, or do you think Moylan's in the team because he just well, he won out in preseason? Oh, I think they obviously liked what he did last year. I, I, I still don't know, but I think when you see that the other night where it's an out-and-out, we're both on the field, who's better? Like They, they went after both of them defensively, but I, you know... Yeah. Trindle, Trindle misses tackles but he gets in front but I think overall what I think he offers and particularly the kicking and a bit more control of what they need maybe Hines doesn't want a genuine 7 there yeah, maybe he's I trying to know. work and, his and way and into being Fitzgibbon, a genuine I don't know. He, he's maybe happy with what he's got as well but I just look at Trindle and think I think there's a few more ticks I think there. a lot of that digs digs into what the actual team philosophy is what yeah. they're trying to build and then the other but thing it seems just, strange though going back to your point to re-sign Trindle then for three years there Mm. I'm like, I, like, there's got to be something in him or something he knows where he's generally competing for that job because there's no other fucking way I stay. Because mm. to me, he needs to be playing in NRL. Yeah. And I, I look at even the other night, and like I said, they, they knew what they were doing. Their right side looked good, yeah. but there's also a reason they went the right side. They went through Matt Moylan four times. Yeah. Well, we we ran into Newtown twice last so, year, once without him, and we almost won. And then one time with him, we got nowhere near him. Yeah. He was an absolute class above. I'd look at it this way. If Nico's calf's bad, I just concede that the first few weeks he's not going to be there until he's right. If I've got four or five games to yeah. watch these two and Trindle keeps outperforming him, that's the way forward. I don't care if we sign him for two years. If you sign the other guy for three years, you can clearly, you know, you're sort of leaving it out there that, that that's an open contest. Must but have him on a good wicket, like a good salary. I, I think they would have had to have, because to me, there would have been options. And on top of that... No, he's I a, mean a favourable salary yeah. for Cronulla. And he's a Queensland kid too. Mm. So if... Well, it's know, strange again. Some of these teams are struggling to find a half. I instantly thought if, if he's not available, like a Dolphins or someone else would surely be interested, or the Gold Coast Titans and next year. Like, yeah. there's, there's options everywhere. And there's other clubs like a Parramatta would have sat there and gone, you know what? If I can get him for a third of what I'm paying one of these two blokes, I'll sub out. Yeah. Like... So, yeah, I think for them, they've obviously got some improvement, but errors is the main thing that just absolutely torched in this game. And discipline, like Wade getting penalised at the end. They've had some other penalties. Ueli got himself penalised for a moment there, and Nakora copped one as well for a yeah. shot. Just discipline and errors, and that was sort of the story of the back end of last year. We said it all year. They made the most errors. They looked great in attack, and you see those flashy moments with Trindle and Kennedy and a lot of the quality there, but you can't make 15, 16 errors in a game and win. And in finals, that's just not going to fly against the better teams. So, um, those couple of suspensions, or Wade, Wade suspended, and I think Jack Williams got concussed early. I don't know how far away Royce Hunt is, but they'll probably bring him straight in. Um, and that's what we talked about, the quality of depth, obviously. So, they'll probably replace pretty easily what they've lost mm. for a couple of weeks. But, tough game again this week. No, Nico up against Parramatta, who'll be desperate for a win, so... I'm interested to see how they go this week. But that, that was a great game. That was a really good game of football. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. So moving on from that one, uh, Dolphins, Roosters, 28-18. <sighs> a 
like I know we, we tip the roosters, but you you are, you are the one who said it before we went last week. There's probably no better time to play them. And I'm not saying that's the, just the reason why, but well, they had form. They, they never, got beat by Newcastle in a shocker round one last year. Yeah, they never. Their trial form was. They didn't even look likely when they led. I didn't think they no. had a couple of moments there where they scored quite easily, but similar deal again. Like they couldn't get any yardage. They didn't want to do the hard things. I thought they defended poor. I thought their pack got bashed. Yeah. They did, they couldn't roll. Like the second half, it was almost embarrassing watching them. They couldn't get out of their own end. I'm like somebody break the cycle here, like two pass or play away from the middle. Like try try to break this up anyway. Like it just they were in the mud. They were. And yeah. God bless the Dolphins. Like and again, I've given some stick over the years, but old Uncle Wayne, you know it's a Wayne Bennett team, and especially the talk about they didn't get a superstar and they've got a couple of these older heads and they're there to set the culture and it's going to be a building block this that and the other. Complete above 80%, play through the middle of the field, high completion, discipline, and all the free things. Kick chase, contact, effort, scramble, carry hard, push on the football. Like, I have never seen Hammer so involved in a game. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really good. I thought Marshall King, again, people on here are going to be sitting here going, fuck, I'm sick of hearing him talk about Marshall King last year when I had my whole Penrith theory and money that Arpia was like 450 going for like 700 Heard that he was going to the Dolphins for only 200. Mitch Kenny's on 200, 250. I'm like, fuck, for two years, I'd much rather have him and have a combo with him and Sony and develop one of these other kids. I think a lot of clubs could have done with someone. I think he's better than at least half the starters or close to. Mm. I think there's a lot worse options, but he was great. (laughs) Felice was the real standout, though. Um, Well, he just, he was the baseball bat of the week. He just, uh, he flattened a couple with. he set with the a seal for the walking the Walking Dead fans, just the baseball bat with a barbed wire on it. That's what Felice Cafusi was. And you know what that reminded he me was a little absolutely bit of token some people. You know, we talked about like Chad, everyone's like, That's crazy they signed Chad up there, but he was the perfect signing for what they needed to facilitate releasing Did and Robson drink water and it sort of all just works, you know? He steers and takes away the pressure from those guys, Did and gets to run, Robson probes from nine, drink water just free flows at the back and adds that creativity. Felice, maybe at Melbourne, he's been a leader for a while, but there's always been a group and he's been that sort of guy out there. Going up here, the emotion, the energy, the way he was getting around the field, like I think those three guys, but particularly him for me, he really wanted to be the guy that was fucking setting the example that you wear this jersey, this is what what you do. He was on another level. I haven't seen him like that for a long time. He was crazed. It was good. And when he smoked Smith, like shit like that, I was... (laughs) fucking ready to go punch holes in the TV. I'm like, this is getting me excited. Yeah. But he was great. They were great. Um, well, they, I, I, I don't know whether they were great. They On the on the free things, I'm the, more talking day, about. Not yeah, so much they, the football, but... They had enthused. If you base your game they, off that... Yeah. Came with a lot of energy. They jumped the Roosters. I thought the Roosters, they just looked flat. They looked like they were still playing a trial game. And they particularly fatigued during that middle part of the game. Like, they, yeah, made errors and then they couldn't defend them. I think... The Dolphins scored, what, three tries in 15 minutes, and that was, realistically, that was the difference in the game. Then we got the same worry that we sort of talked about the process, where, like, the roster stacked with health. Like, Radley carries himself again. Yeah, I I don't see, and we're talking about this over dinner tonight, like, I don't don't see all the fuss that's been made about the Roosters. And I I was a little bit bit like that in my um, preview of them as well. Like, I I could not tip them to win it this year. Like, I don't, I, I really don't, when I watch the Roosters play, I really struggle to 
see what their plan is or see what their not their culture like uh, culture is a bit of a well I tell you it's not the word that I'm looking for it's just more you know what are they trying to achieve on the field what's their what's their core to their attack like is it the middle because it's always been the middle right but that middle now they've had injuries in the middle they're getting older in the middle you know is it is it to knock down the front door and then play with a nine Mm. is it Sam Walker because Sam Walker you know, they, they lost Cronk. It was always, you know, middles for Cronk with Teddy at the back. They've still got Teddy there, but I feel like Teddy's always now, it's more an effort. It's more one off the ruck. It's not sort of out the back of shape as much as what it probably once was. So, you know, I think the Roosters are best served if they've got Teddy pushing through the middle of the field with some power running with the forwards. And then he's got halves there that he can swing on both sides. Like That, that to me, would be your most dangerous form of footy for the Roosters but I, I watch them and I even the way that they construct their bench and the way they use their subs I, I, I'm i a little bit confused just as to what they're trying to achieve there and well, it may just be a little transition period because they've got injuries and because they've got new guys to the club I think the other one just their edges and they're just not they're not fit at the moment because they had a shitload of guys play at the World Cup mm. so they, they probably look now you know and I know the comp started but they might be in their fair February phase or, or late January phase of training mm. because they've just got guys back so late and they just haven't had, have, haven't had the time. Yeah. I, mm. I think the other thing, like I said, just... I expect the Roosters to play finals footy. Don't, yeah. Like, don't... I'm not shit-counting the Roosters mate, and saying that they're, they're no good. If, I, they don't, like, if they don't play finals... If everything gelled, they could win the comp. I, I, what I'm they, saying is for the last two years and just this year, I, I just don't see it. Well, I tell you, of all the things convinced. we've just talked about, I tell you the thing that probably bothers me more I've seen go out the window. They used to build everything off their defence. Mm. That would be the team that would just sit on their goal well, they got run over. That's so my point. But run they used to the turn you away. didn't yeah. matter who it was. Turn you away, turn you away. Fucking come on. Well, also, they're disciplined. Penalisers. We'll they had 44% of the ball and they had 22 combined penalties, ruck um, infringements and errors. Yeah. They completed at 68%. Yeah, horrendous. It's, yeah, it's not good enough for round one. Right? Trent no. Robinson would be and extremely lost. disappointed, but he yeah. he's a cool, calm, collected, intelligent man who can coach. So I'm L- sure Let's not deny there was some quality missing as well. Manu, yeah. Jared, Angus Crichton, Satili Tiffin. Let's not be silly enough to think. But again, are they all going to get back on the field? Well, I'd be very, very concerned. And so I'm if concerned. If I was a Roosters defensive coach, their left side D yeah. on the well, weekend just got, they got torched apart. by a kid. Hmm. I'm really, I'm really more concerned now because I know like your back row has obviously helped your middles as well in a sense if you get a bit bogged down you can kind of two pass or shift and try and change that point of attack but Crichton's situation could end up being the whole season Satili's not back until mid-year and he's not going to hit the ground running mm. I like what they've got there at the moment but again if your middle's struggling and they're not doing a job and you don't have much punch or impact on your edges well then your whole forward pack's compromised and then you see Radley get carried again on the weekend and he's just making a habit of either getting suspended or knocked out every three or four games, and they've just extended him for four years. Mm. Like the whole crux of your forward pack, I'm sitting here going, what's your starting forward pack? Satilli not playing, Angus not playing, Jared not playing, Radley knocked out, potentially not playing. There's four of your best five forward pack, not on the field. Yeah. And Manu's come back this week. But, you know, again, you can have the best one to seven in the world. If you can't lay the platform or establish the dominance or get out of your own half, it means fuck all. Going to your point earlier about Royce Hunt, he's been named to play this week. Mm. Yeah. For the Sharks still, but... Yeah, for the Sharks, yeah. Just flicking through team lists, that's all. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think for the Roosters and now you like a little Lodge who didn't have the greatest game of the weekend as well. He's apparently he's got a facial fracture. He got fucking hit with a golf ball. What was he doing? Fucking know. having beers and his shirt off with John Daly having a swing know, or something. I don't know. He got hit in his violin. He's loaf of bread. That's that's all. That's <laughs> not Mate, great. I, I, I'm going to have to do a bit of investigative journalism because you, you did question the legitimacy. Um, as soon as I heard it, I was then like, I saw the photo. I was like, no, no, Golf, golf fractured face. I don't know. Man, it's bloody close to his temple. Like. I was more laughing at me going hit with a golf club, hit by a VW golf. Like, what, 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 what led to it, mate? I, I, no, I, mate. I, I don't know. I'm gonna do a bit of digging because I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that that's where it happened. I've called the club. No one wants to talk to me. I've yeah. been. They've lost the CCTV footage. But 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 can I finish? <laughs> <laughs> that's my favourite. Still my favourite. <laughs> God bless Buzz. Um and. I think rightfully, Felice, on what he did, was awarded the Artie Beats medal for the inaugural game they've had there between those two clubs. I, I, again, I'm not... For the Absolutely Daly M, no argument. For the Daly M, I had no argument with Marshall King also because I thought, you know, the first try he set up, the second one he laid on for Nichols, he's running, he's probing, like just general. But I, I thought those two were the clear-cut standouts for the Dolphins. Hmm. He really worked the ruck and Felice just set the tempo by just fucking chopping everyone in half. He was on a mission, that bloke. Absolutely outstanding. Um, it was good. Roosters, yeah, a bit of concern. And yeah, I wrote it here. I didn't even write names down like you did. 68% completion, four, 14 errors, eight penalties. Like just, you add all that up, plus the players you're missing, then having a couple of HAs and in, in, issues within game. Big trouble, little China. Mm. So this week, who have they got this week? That was more what I was interested off the back of it. They play the Warriors over here, and the Warriors were no easy a pushover. If the Warriors play that physicality and the Roosters Day turn up as well. in a similar sense again and are not willing to get nitty-gritty with them, mm. it's uh, it's not going to be an easy day. No, but Warriors having to travel over, it's not first, Dolphins' yeah. first game. I'm, I'm also willing to see whether that energy carries over to their first home game. I know they played at some court, but technically KO Stadium, whatever it's called now, the Dolphin Stadium, if they you know ramp up again for a second week yeah. in their own backyard, but... That'll be interesting to see. And the last game I've got here uh, is the Titans-Tigers, your boys. 22-10. I said last oh, week. how good, mate. I said last week to the Tigers fans, I didn't, it was fool's gold. Everyone was fucking high-fiving in the box and happy clapping. But, yeah, I wasn't convinced and they proved me right. God bless them. Well, again, for all the attacking numbers. It's just fundamental footy. Getting fundamental footy wrong. Hmm. Over and over and over and over and over. Defensively, kick positioning, clean up. Like, there's just a lot just of basics. Not contesting kicks. Mm. Not catching bombs. Um, happy on the bench. On that one, I know. Like, he came out afterwards now and they said, oh, they were injured. How long was he on the bench for? 25 minutes? No, he played like 40 minutes. It was 10 nil. Yeah, but he played about 10 40. 10 nil down or 12 nil down. And they've said it, but him and Offhand Gowie had niggles and didn't yeah. play in the offseason. I'm like, well. And I've got to say, and this isn't a shot at Tigers fans, but Leichhardt Oval is a bit of a myth. Like, I'd like to know what their record is there. Unless it's the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah okay. Your curse continues first. The curse continues first. <laughs> Where's your like, Queensland spirit now? I don't know what the numbers are, but as a Titans fan, we always play them at Leichhardt, and I reckon we've won there more times than we've lost there in our existence. Mm. Uh, and, it, I like, I go there, and the fans are... Are raucous and they're they're unreal and the they, crowd is awesome. they get full of juice and they get into you. But 
the team just doesn't back up what the crowd does at the moment. No. Look, I think they'll get there. I, I think Sheens and Marshall have, have made some steps forward, but just to think that you're going to go from wooden spoon like and bottom out, like they were horrible last year. Yeah. To think that you're going to be anywhere near, um, you know, a, a finals or a, to even put themselves in the in the conversation around finals at this point of the season, they they haven't earned the right to say that. You earn the right to say that via your performances and what you do on the field. So, I think for the Tigers, I you know they might be making improvements, but in the end, you get judged based on what you do on the field. So, their performances on the field need to be better. Mm. They need to start transferring some of the stuff. You can talk about how well you train and how good your preseason yeah, has been. Or, or your and how good you, you know, you, you smacked up on Canberra in a trial game. No one cares. What what the fans want to see and those people that paid bloody good money to go and sit on the hill or who are members of the Tigers who have had to put up with this shit for 10 years, what they want to see is it transferred to the field in a competition game at home at Leichhardt. That, that place should be a grave mm. for teams to go. But... You know, so many teams just walk in there and walk out. They don't get a bruise, and they walk out with two points. Well, they're there again this week, aren't they? I think they are against Newcastle. Like, I, yeah. So again, I'm, and, but and then I look at the Titans. Like, I go, well, like it's a good win, but is is that fool's gold? What sort of horse do we? Like, what sort of race is it? How do I measure that up? Like, we go and play the Dragons at Cogger on Sunday night. The Dragons could be the worst team in the comp. We like, how do we know? Yeah, they, they look like I'm, I'm disappointed. I changed that one. I had them, um, and then I went back to the Dolphins, and now I'm like, mm. yeah, I, I underestimated the Wayne factor. Wayne, and then yeah, well, Newcastle are going. Newcastle playing the Tigers. Yeah, what sort of quality game is that going to be? Yeah. It's know. it's a really really hard one. So I I thought the Titans bench were were really really good. They they did enough. I think their defence was improved. If you if you asked me to give their defence a rating, I, I would have I would have said, Yeah, we've made some improvements. You're much based more on resilient, what we did last especially year. on your goal yeah. on, that's for sure. But you know, what what was the quality that was getting thrown at us? I think the other thing as well, forty seven misses mostly from all the second they had twenty offloads to your four, so a lot of mm. scramble and second phase efforts, but well, that's between, concern. between that and you lost the penalty count nine three, yeah. I think that showed great resilience. Well, I think yeah. Back, like back to the Tigers, man. It, the Brooks and Dewey combination. Saw an article last week where they rated them like the tenth best combination in the comp. I was like, I don't, I don't know who's writing this stuff or who's watching these games, but well, the thing Fairbox said, you so, need Appy to start. Yeah, to start oh, with or if like you're putting Simpkin on the field. Is you putting Simpkin on the field because he's a physical presence? He's not a physical presence. No. You're trying to protect Appy. If Appy wasn't healthy period. and you're worried about injuring him, don't I, play. I don't understand it. If he's healthy, you play him. Eighty like, minutes. Give him, well, give him thirty and give Simkin the middle twenty. Like if if you want impact, captain played forty minutes off I the bench and come on when they were down twelve zip or whatever it was. But yeah, and going back to the original point, their errors, their fundamentals were just really poor. Mm. And then, then um, for them, I heard some like I said today. Like, oh well, two thousand something meters, twenty off like, like for, well, for everything you generated. Who cares? What did you put on the board? And this is the problem. They've always got an excuse. They always come out and. You know, want to want to push you over to the positive side. The the bottom line is you didn't win the game. You never look like winning the game. I'm not talking about that was the Tigers. That's people and fans. I'm like, well, but what did all that add up to? You're talking about top, yeah. I, I know that, but it's this, like it this didn't season, add up to anything. Yeah, like, great. Like offload. There's a difference between a quality. That's what I say to you all the time. I don't give a fuck about numbers. Mm. Like, there's some numbers that hold no water. Mm. Well, didn't convert. And to numbers, numbers yeah, that's right. If it doesn't so. convert to a victory, then. Yeah, numbers are great, but Ten your bottom line and is one of wins. them we watched yeah. before off that photo because Foreign had a hard on for off and Gale wanted to bite his face off. 
Yeah. That he come running in two men to try and jam him and left the hole for Dewey to run straight through. Yeah. Well, two um, things out of this game. Well, two things I want to talk about before we finish up. I thought um, we go back to that scrum play. Now there was one here where the Titans were about 40, 50 metres out. And again, they lined up 3v3, the West Tigers. And the Titans put four on their left-hand side and ran a really beautiful play. They ran a really tight drop play where they dropped Brimson under, squared up on that A defender, Mm. and dropped Brimson into that big wide space. And you saw the back row actually overchase and miss Brimson. And the middle, they relied on the middle prop making that tackle. And Brimson just burned him. Mm. So that... Philosophy that teams have at the moment by having the wide A's and having the scrum split solve that middle. Like you're seeing a few little teething problems there. And yeah, I've probably got a different philosophy once you sort of go inside my defensive half as a coach. I'd be I'd be matching up man on every time. Yeah. But teams are yeah, they're going a little bit different. I'm not that's not to say that I'm right and they're wrong. No. But it, there's just been a few little things, reasons I've got concerns highlighted across the weekend. So I'll put a few stills of that up as well. Also think... Uh, well, the other one, sorry to cut you off. Um, at Bluebet Stadium on Friday night for the Broncos-Panthers game, Dane Laurie was on the hill, on the family hill, with a mate of his. And, mate, he must have taken, no word of a lie, he, he would have taken 100 photos with kids um, who were there. They were doing the relay. You know, they do the relay. Yeah. Between the New South Wales Cup game and the NRL game. Did not complain, just took photo after photo after photo after for about an hour. Mm. So, you know, he, he probably won't hear this, but um, the people at the Tigers should be super proud of him because it was a great promotion for their club. Um, he, he went undetected for a little while. I saw him lob up and I thought, oh, yeah, good on him. He's, he's still obviously got yeah, close connections with the Panthers, probably lives out through. here. Yeah. Um, so... It was good to see him there. He's with a mate. And then, yeah, one one kid recognised him. And then before he knew it, there was kids coming from everywhere to, to get a photo with him. And he couldn't have been more accommodating or um, a better advocate for the game. So, well done. Having, having a, I think having a kid of your own, like my little fella didn't, didn't know who he is. He's too nah, young to sort of know who the players are. Yeah, get... you do. Yeah. You just go, well, wow. Well, time that was, or that moment. If that was my young bloke over there, I'd be wrapped that he's giving him the time of the day and... Saying day and talking to him and getting a photo on. Yeah, it was good. Really yeah. good to see. Uh, so for them, I guess again, like you said, RP, if he, if he wasn't healthy or you're worried about him, don't play him. Yeah. True. And same as off Ian Gowie. Like well, forward, they did that with Bateman. Yeah, well, you, your best forward from last year played 30 fucking minutes. The guy can play like 60, 65 in the middle. Yeah. You need to play. Um, still a lot to work on there. And I guess, yeah, like for all the pushing the passes and the offloads and early looking like, oh, we're going to, you know, juice them and move it around and play this loose 05 style of football. And there's, a, there's already chat out of the Tigers about... Well, we heard this week, like you said, everyone's going, oh, well, they've already knocked on the head that that's, you know, that's here. So I'm like, well, that place leaks like a sieve, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, discontent. It's, all, it's always and... hard to discredit a lot of things when it comes from there because like, well... Why is it always getting out? Why is well, there always stuff coming out of it? about the choice. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. You don't know what to believe or what not to believe. Easy. But I think Gold Coast, considering, you know, foreign getting injured, to lose for more during the week, which is a huge blow. Massive. Having to start Stimson, your bench was a bit light on. I, I think they did a really good job. Yeah, Mo was huge off the bench. Back to foreign his with damaging best. Um, you know, 
certainly made Fafita look good. He was happier to come in and get a bit more dirty work and um, finally some good news. He extended. He did, yeah. So for all the talk and the money and this, that and the other, no Canberra, no Brisbane and they're talking about 800. So he was on about 125 back down now and if you've, if you've put 425000 back in the bank, I think that's pretty good because yeah, he's still very young and he has a lot of potential and years ahead of him and if you utilise well with a good half like we saw and Probably another underrated one who just did his job, but how about a hell of a difference was Verrills. Huge. Um, makes yeah, a big huge. difference when you've got a good nine and at least a good half to help. Yep. But far and under a cloud this week, not sure what will happen there. I hope. Well, did they actually say what the injury was? Was it a I, they, Originally, they were talking about a cork, and then I heard, I heard today it might have been a PCL. Okay, if it's so a PCL, you wouldn't think you'd play. You can play through, but it depends. But how this long? Early, though? That's the thing. How long? Might take a couple of weeks. Yeah, the trial today they said similar PCL and he didn't train but they reckon he's going to play so and they're playing Thursday all sort of but you can play without a PCL if you tear it properly but mm. again it's <laughs> different for everybody so um, what is it the pain and the strain that they're worried pain, about pain swelling all sort of things like some people tear a PCL don't even know it just brings a little more instability but it's not obviously nowhere as important as your ACL which you can't yeah. play without so um, but yeah interesting to see what happens there with him because again they're already a little bit light on losing for more if Foran's not there as well uh, it's, it's a tough one, but up against the Dragons, that'll be interesting, like we said, given what so a lot of people... As well, another mm. late, late in the round game. What a lot of people think of the Dragons, uh, could be a different story. But well, on exposed form, you're concerned. Yeah, that wraps up our reviews of the games for the weekend. Thanks to the Penrith Solar Centre, there is no one better than Jake and the crew. Tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy. Sinbin those bills for good. Find out more by visiting www.penrosola.com.au or calling 1800-2029-30 today. Let's jump in, do our tips and preview round two of the NRL Boxhead with bluebet.com.au. Um, last week, tip-wise, you got six. I got four. Uh, what did we come up with? It was the, the Panthers game got you and the Roosters game. Panthers Roosters let me down. And I had those two. I went the Sharks at the Priz, who obviously just torched themselves in the second half. And I went the Tigers at Leichhardt, which didn't work out. So six and four to start. And as I said, the charity bet I had, Tolu Kola um, and Manly to win. Manly got the job done. He grabbed a try off a knock-on, which didn't happen. And then when Cherry got that third one, I was like, pass it to him, please. But he was never giving up a hat-trick, so... No. It was just hitting hope when he was running next to him. I was like, someone run him down because old Rocket Boots Cooler was ready to go. I would have got a gift right on full time. But no dice there. But big thanks again to bluebet.com.au for supporting us and our charity account this season. Let's have a look at these fixtures coming up in round two. And it kicks off. Panthers, tough one again. Back home at Bluebet Stadium up against the Bunnies. Uh, in terms of changes for the Panthers, Scott Sorensen's out with a concussion. Matt Eisenhuth comes in the 17. That's the only change they've got for this round. The Rabbitohs, Latrell's been named. He didn't train today. Um, so interested to see what happens there. But Totola and Jai Arrow will both miss the match. Daniel Saluka for feeder starts in the front row. Jed Cartwright comes onto the bench. And on top of that, they've got a couple of guys in the reserves who are available again now. Um, in Tane Milne, but I, I wouldn't see him coming back in. I think they'll stick with Thompson. So <clears throat> this one hard for me now that knowing that those two guys are out and you're waiting for Penrith to sort of get back to where they are. But again, I don't know if this sort of nine situation and clunkiness in the back row spot is going to be resolved just in two weeks. Mm. And looking at what we saw from South last week and being able to play both sides of the field and what they did with their middle, 
Uh, I guess the big question again here is minutes. Like Moale and Shaq did 45 apiece. Tom was obviously the longest term, most impactful one. How many sort of minutes through Saluka Fafita? I'm looking at the same thing I sort of looked at last week is their, is their middles and how that holds up against Penrith. Yeah. But I, I don't know. What do you reckon about this one? I'm leaning Penrith. Few few things. Just all the chat. Um, they've lost two in a row at home. Hmm. I think they'll be better again for the run. The two middles out for South tipped it for me. If the two middles are in, I'd probably tip South. Uh, I just think. Also, Latrell's comments today. I think you don't want to poke a bear. I expect Penrith to bounce back and win this one. Yeah. Also I'll... a longer turnaround. Like I think that plays a little bit of a part this time of the year. So they had a longer South played Saturday into Thursday, Penrith played Friday into Thursday. So it's already a short turnaround for Penrith with six days. Five days is tough. Yeah. Um and that was a physical game. A few guys got dinged up out of that South game. So you're up there on the Panthers? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go the same I, way, similar reason. I actually think for South, like I expect them to really tip into this game because oh, I think they're going to want to. They're going to want to win just to lost smack the grand final, down. Yeah, lost all the prelim, stuff, but just yeah. to set a tone for this year. Yeah, to say, listen, like this year's a different year. Yeah, we're coming to your patch. We're that team. We're gonna. We've got that. We're coming to take the crown. Yeah, and also just to cause some mental scarring. Early in the season for Penrith. I think, yeah, again, I'm with you. This this is one I could easily tip South, but I think those two guys missing sort of tip me just again with the medals and expecting yeah. a reaction from Penrith. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It needs to happen. Just so. also projecting forward, like the impact of South playing at home against Penrith in a final, as opposed to the last three years, Penrith have always had the home field advantage over South, even though I know two of those prelims were at ANZ, which is South's home ground. Yeah. I just think mm, just that mental... Mental damage that they can cause uh, will be yeah significant, and they'll want to they'll want to get after him in round one, yeah, oh, round two. Sorry. Well, both on the Panthers and with bluebet.com.au, they're a dollar fifty favorite at the moment. There's a bit Panthers of a dollar fifty. Bit of value there, two sixty mm. for Souths. Wow. Uh, five and a half start you get there as well, and if you think it's a tight one, I don't even think the Souths. I think it's going to be a tight one. Yeah. Souths one to twelve at almost three ninety is pretty good too. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that at all. Second one, very good game again. Uh, Parramatta home. To the Sharks. Oh, sorry. It says points bet, but... No, it's home. It's a comeback. Eels. Well, they've messed that up. Yeah. Because it's got the Eels. I was sitting there for a minute going, on a second. Uh, on the Parramatta side of things, Sean Russell had to serve a suspension that occurred last year in the Cup. So he's back. Lumi Lumi out of the side. That's the only change there. Bailey Simonson. Lumi was great last week. Mm. Uh, Bailey Simonson has been named among the reserves. So interesting to see if he finds his way back into the team. On the Sharks side of things, set it before, Wade Graham tried to get downgraded, ended up getting the full four weeks. Jack Williams is out as well after a head knock. So they have replaced that spot by putting Royce Hunt back onto the bench, back from his elbow injury. No doubt he would have played last week if he was available. And they've gone with the utility. Connor Tracy comes into the side as well. Mm. Uh, I think, again, this this is two teams who had difficult opponents round one that both want to win, but... I'm going to lead towards the Sharks again. I'm going Eels, man. So second home game, they're going to win it. Want to win it, Combank. <clears throat> Sharks have lost a few. Still no Nico Hines. I'll lean Para. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Tough start for Cronulla. 
Yeah. South and Napara. Oh, that's why I sort of think. I still think if they're a quality team, this is sort of one tough, you tough, lose last tough week. Tough for Para too. Storm into Sharks. One of these ones you want to grab, but, you know, we'll see how it reflects in the odds and look at me at bluebet.com.au. Parramatta, dollar fifty favourite again. So, Sharks, two sixty. I think a bit like South. I don't mind either the start. No, I, I agree. I think they're both either of those teams. teams. So, you know, five and a half is the line there, but $2.60, uh, not bad at all for a Cronulla side looking to bounce back. And Friday night, you couldn't ask for a better game. These yeah, games good. are always awesome. It's the Queensland derby. You've got the Broncos up against the Cowboys. And for the Broncos, Reese Walsh, he's back in after missing round one. Cobo <laughs> goes back to the wing. Jesse Arthur goes to 18th man. And that forward pack, which was great, is unchanged first up. Cowboys' stability, obviously, was the big thing for them last season, and that's the case again here. It's the same 17 that won last week. Uh, I heard a little bit on the radio about this today, and people were split on this one, and it's at Suncourt, but I like the Cowboys still. So um, I, I like the Broncos, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I'd, like, if it was just on who I think was going to win, who I think is a better team, who's going to finish further ahead, I think... The Cowboys, like I'd have my money on the Cowboys. I think it's an all a bit of an all in game, mm. similar to South. Like, and they've the lost to them a few just, times the, the last mindset, few years. The mindset of Brisbane, yeah, as compared to the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys are probably they're building a season. They know where they're probably going to be. They're probably going to play finals footy. Whereas I think Brisbane at the moment are trying to prove to themselves that you know, hey, we're going to be that team. We want to be a finals team. So again, I just think motivation, the home field advantage, are probably the two things that tick me over here with Brisbane and I just really like what I saw out of their um, defence last week so yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Brisbane just on exposed form but it wouldn't shock me at all if the Cowboys were on their yeah. quality side oh, I think similar to you and they got away with one last week Cowboys like how many bruises did they get out of that game mm. Brisbane again that, that was a tough game but as well they've tapped the Broncos up as well the last few years and sort of put a hurt on them so I think similar deal in this sense of things that the Broncos will want to yeah. Try and throw a punch back here after getting beaten down a few times by yeah, agree. the Cowboys. So it's these... a really good game, man. That's three crackers to yeah, start. It's a great start. <laughs> um, and the odds of this one with bluebet.com.au is the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, slight favourites at $1.77. The Cowboys, $205. Uh, minus Broncos are $1.77 favourites. Yeah. So Cowboys, slight outsider. So again, I, I yeah. think there's value and I think all those games you can Jeez, pick. I would have thought that would be a pick him. If you pick the right side of 1 to 12 on all these, you're getting good prices. Mm. So, But again, can you pick that? Or if not, I'd take your line and extend it a bit if you'd like and try and get it to a point where you have to. But Roosters, Warriors kicks off the Saturday football. 3 o'clock there at home are the Chooks. Joseph Manu is a big in coming back into that back line. But yeah, that is a big in. Looking at their forward pack, a um, couple of changes there. Lodge is obviously out the facial fracture. Fletcher Baker moves into his spot in the front row. Victor Radley's been named, but, man, I, I don't know. He's had a lot of knocks. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up out. Jared Maria Hargrave still not available. So, like, start and pack this week. Collins, Baker, the Butcher Brothers, Radley, who's under a cloud, and then their bench, Turpin and Hutchison again. This time, you know, you've got Manu back, so Hutchison's there purely sort of as a utility. So you've got Nafahu White and Terrell May, who are both middles. So they're very light. Very light. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Warriors. Um, <clears throat> and then looking at the extended bench, Allen, Ben Thomas, who's not in their top 30, Sandin Smith's a half, C.R. Wong's an edge, and Elza Kim's an edge as well. Yeah. So they're very light on. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Warriors. I think I might as well, just having a quick look first. They've got an unchanged 17. Cozy retains his spot on the wing. Retains those in the next facing a month out. 
Bailey Sirinan uh, is amongst the reserves, and Jazz Tavaga still remains sideline. But I'm sorry, with your early season form, who's missing with Murata, Tohu, Fanua, Blake, the sort of pack they've got? I think if they hold the ball and sort of stick to the principles they had last week, and it's daylight footy in good conditions, it's definitely suitable for the Warriors. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just like I look at the Roosters and go, well, yeah, they've got, as you said, a few guys under clouds are already. It's lighter on the middle. Some injuries, yeah. If they lose another middle or Radley plays and gets busted again early, it could be absolute chaos in the middle. Oh, big trouble. So, and they're looking at those reserves. There's no one else to really call upon at the moment mm. with the health situation. So, um, I'm very yeah, interested. Roosters will win by 50. We've both well, took the Warriors. Here we go. Here. Roosters, bluebet.com.au, $1.20. The Warriors, $4.45. <laughs> We've tipped you into one. 14 and a half start. You tell me not 14 to, and a half you start. You told me not to take the start. I'm taking the start. I'm taking the points on that That's one. different. No, <laughs> yeah. I tell you not to, You go and do these dumb things where you extend the start on shit teams. This well, is one where we both tipped the not, Warriors. Not last week. I extended the Dolphins start and I didn't even need it. Yeah. I had 16 and a half. I took it to 20 and a half. They ended up winning by 10. That's, that's not a smart bet. But anyway, mate. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. So there you go. Bit of value again. Dolphins, as we said, had the big win at Suncorp. Now they go back to KO Stadium, as it's called, but Dolphin Stadium, as they used to refer to it in uh, Queensland Cup terms, the Redcliffe Stadium there, up against the Raiders off the back of a tough game. Uh, I'm assuming they probably just stayed up there for the week. They wouldn't have travelled back, would they? They would have travelled down. Camera? Yeah. No, they would have travelled back, for sure. Really? I reckon you lose two days and just going back and forth, wouldn't you? No. Well, on this side of things for the Dolphins... Uh, they're not taking a fucking train. No, it's not a fucking train, but <laughs> North Queensland, when you're up there and you've already been there, Seriously, I just would have stayed, turned it into a two-week camp. Yeah, great. Get the boys together. That's good, good for the guys that got wives and kids. Oh, well, too bad. Get the boys together, have a trip, yeah, a bit of a bonding session. That's, that's, magic, that's not grab, fucking C-grade every what, week. Magic yeah, grabbing right. biceps, go a couple big fellas. Couple, there you couple, go. Hey, boys. A couple beers, lads, yeah, have a feet. Yeah. A couple of wheat bigs, how you going, have a big fella. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, magic. Uh, Dolphins, another debutante, Mason T, the young mm. man who was the SG ball captain for the Panthers. Named on the bench this week, uh, NRL debut, Ray Stone is out. That's the only change they've got there. Milford and Cody Nikarima are amongst the reserves, but doubt either of them will be caught upon for the Raiders. Just one change. Albert Hopuato comes in onto the wing for Jordan Rapana, who is out for three games for suspending himself. And I don't know why that. You know what I heard in my head? What? I heard Chappelle. He's suspended for three games. And I thought... Jordan Rapano was suspended for knifing a photographer for sneezing. I <laughs> 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 just thought he gets suspended every two or three games, just getting bored on the wing, coming and fly kicking somebody. So, uh, Hopawado and Josh Papali, Papaliti is still sidelined with that calf injury. So, uh, this is a danger game, I reckon. After what we saw last week, I'm going the Raiders, and I'm expecting. Me too. Yeah, but I tell you what, if. They get bogged down again in the middle situation and they drop the ball and get clunky with their attack and the Dolphins just come similar deal. 80-plus percent effort areas, pressure, roll from the middle and just try and punch camera in the mouth. This this could be another arm wrestle. Yeah. So, interesting, but sponsored by Bluebet, the old Dolphins, and they are the outsiders at $2.50. $1.53 are the Raiders. Five and a half is the start there. Storm... Up against the Dogs uh, to close out Super Saturday. This one interesting again, just with the outs. So Melbourne now have only 19 available of their top 30 at this point in time, which is quite entertaining. But Tyron Wishart moves into the sixth jersey to replace Cameron Munster. They've named Xavier Coates after saying he'd probably miss a week or two, so I'm not sold on that. 
front row and the for, like the forward pack in general, as it was last week, Liero and Katoa in the back row again with King. The bench, Bronson Garlic, Alec McDonald, Aaron Penno returns, uh, Jordan Grant. So maybe they got 21 available, sorry, with those couple of guys there. Um, the Coates one's the interesting one, looking in the extended reserves. It looks like Grant Anderson will be the one who will be called upon if he's out, they get their exemption there. Um, and Jonah Pezzett is also a possibility after being named in the 22 of debuting. But I think, again, more than likely, they'll stick with Wishart on the Bulldog side well, of things. Well, a choice. Yeah, well, the Bulldog side of things, they've stuck with the same 17. No panic there yet from Serraldo. So Jaden Tanner and Preston retain their spots after debuting. But amongst the reserves, Carl Oluapu, the man who you've seen firsthand last week, has now yeah. moved into their 22. So, and we talked about this before. He would have got man of the match in New South Wales Cup. I didn't see the coverage, but... Yeah. Did he get man of the match? Oh, I, I didn't see did who got man of the match. Yeah. But I just sort of looked last week and thought, okay. He was good. For an 18-year-old, I can understand why they were interested. I yeah. still think 500 k's is a lot to pay to transfer a kid down, but... Uh, Not for a half. I disagree. For a half, mate, if yeah. you think it's the right one... Four-year deal. Just go and get lots it. Lots of time ahead, but like, honestly, if he plays well, and yeah. we said it like, are they going to give Flanning in a full year? I, I don't think they will. If things go wrong after 8, 10, 12 games, I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if this kid is just thrown into first grade for the rest of the season. Maybe. Because I thought maybe they'll lean on Reynolds as a bit of a crutch, but they pulled him off halfway through cup last week and only used him for 40 minutes. Hamstring. So. Yeah. yeah. Strained a hamstring or something. Oh, okay. Well, they were talking on coverage like they said, is he injured? And they said no. Oh, okay. Well, so, we heard different. I was uh, we heard different. sort of surprised, but maybe they were also saying that on the flip, but still missing their front rows. So Haywood this, came on, didn't he? Yeah. Still missing their front rows. Max King, Sutton there, but a bit lighter on that bench again. Um, I'm going to storm at home. Lighter on or not. Yeah. So um, yeah, tough place. Just going to see it from the, from the dogs. Yeah, and tough place to go play. Still got Nelson, still got Welch, still got Harry. Yeah. Hughes, Meany did a good enough job. Like You think there's enough there Just for the storm. Just on what I saw last week. Yeah. yeah. Melbourne will be winning. And the odds with Bluebet, a dollar thirty-six still the storm, three fifteen for the Bulldogs, seven and a half is the start there. And then Sunday, we've got the Tigers back at Leichhardt up against Newcastle. Uh, in terms of changes there, Arpy has been named to start. Offerhand Galway has also been named to start. Safar has been promoted um, into the team this week as well. Uh, at the expense of Fanua Bolle. Sean Bloor has been named despite. Concussion protocols, you have to see if you get through that. Brent Naden and Tommy Talao were under clouds, but they reckon they're good to go. And Bateman is not named at all. For the Knights, Dan Gagai returns from his hamstring injury. Frizzell um, has been named also in the concussion protocols, though, so no guarantee. Adam Elliott, groin injury, he's out. He's replaced by Jack Johns. Greg Marju is in the reserves and potentially returning from hip injury. I hate doing this, but they're, they're, they're at card again. They have to win, surely. Surely. Why do they have to win? They just have to, mate. Like, the fans, they deserve better, mate. You've got to win. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's This is a hard one where you get a line-up form. And the last few years when they've started well, the other way around, Newcastle, if I'm correct, I think... I think was... I tipped Tigers to finish ahead of Knights on the ladder. Yeah, you did. So did I. Um, yeah, yeah, the Knights I'll, lower than I did, but I had... I'll go Tigers. I'll go Tigers. I've got no idea. I think the Knights actually performed better last week, though. 
Mm. Well, I think, again, maybe something like the bench, but then again, I look at the Tigers bench. And I'm like, no, they're okay. going to go from New Zealand back to Leichhardt. It's not an easy start. No. Uh, Tigers, but with not much faith for the time being. But starting Arpy, you know, thought that would have been pretty straightforward last week, unless, like you said, he, was, he wasn't healthy. You wouldn't have risked him round one. Yeah. But off Angawi, more minutes, those sort of things, uh, and being back at home, surely. But the odds of this one, I'll be interested to see. With Blue Bet and the Tigers are favourites, $1.67, Newcastle, two twenty, And the last one of the round, an absolute bell ringer, the Dragons. Net Strata, Jubilee, up against the Titans. And the first team of the year, Jack Bird, was injured. He's recovered. He's been named to start. Jack DeBellin still remains sidelined, though. Ben Hunt will be partnered by Jaden Sullivan. White Moses Mboy will slot in at hooker and Jacob Little will come off the bench. Toby Couchman, the teenager, has been named to make his NRL debut. He was like wearing 26 in the trials and played a bit of cup last year, so that's a big, big rise for him. He's not part of the top 30, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. So that's huge with Musgrove, Molo and Little on the bench. The NRL confirmed on Tuesday also that the no-fault uh, no stand-down no longer applies to Talatau Amono, so he's been added to the extended bench. So I think the charge went from 14 years down to a maximum of four or two or something like that, which changes the level of court, which went under whatever limit they have on a charge. So yeah, right. Uh, he's right to go for the Titans. No changes at the moment to that team, but Kieran Foran, obviously under a cloud, Toby Sexton has been named in the reserve. So you'd be thinking that either he or Jaden Campbell would come straight in. Yeah. What would you do? Would you bring Sexton in and play him and Tanner Boyd, or would you put Campbell back in? And pick someone else on your bench. Uh, I'd bring Sexton in. Because looking at their options, they've got Sexton, Keanu Kinney, who's a fullback, Cleese Haas, Spry, Randall. So Haas is the only extra middle they've got named in their extended squad. Yeah. So it's looking more than likely that if Fozzie is missing, that it will be Sexton coming in. Mm. So who do you like on this one? Uh, Titans. Sticking with the Titans? Yeah. There's no way I'm... Picking St George. <laughs> no, not after what I saw in Mudgee. Like, no, I'm with you. That wasn't good enough. I'm with you. And they got on the piss afterwards. And but interest, interested to see Hunt with Sullivan <laughs> and Sloan, um, who was quite emotional after that first trial. Surprise! I'm not surprised about the end by starting sort of thing, but I'll be interested to see the minutes between him and Little. But again, it's <laughs> the middles that concern me. So Molo starting with Laurie in the front row. Murdoch Masilla's been pushed out the back row with Sewer Bird and their benches. Musgrove couch from Molo. Um, like you guys are a bit light on, but I think you've got more quality still in your pack than that. So, I agree, man. Interested to see, mate. But Benny Hunt's probably the big one that stands out. But again, if Fozzie plays, you got Verrells, you got Brimson. Like the Titans, but the odds with this one with Bluebet to wrap us up. The Dragons, slight favourites, $1.85. The Titans are $1.95. That's... One and a half. That's hilarious. Is the line there. So, there you go. Where's it at? Net Strata Jubilee. Which is up here, Cogra? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I might go. At the Cog. Sunday go. night at the Cog. I might take my kids. There you go. That wraps us up. There'll for be no one else there, surely. I have to find a, a charity better, a best better. I'll tell you what, the war is at 4.45, mate. It's worth it. You're just go and put your whole shoebox just in there. Just roll the dust, mate, mm. on the Warriors. Why not? Look, how much do they give us every week? A fitty. We'll give you a bipdi. Bipdi. And then the best bet I can put up on the app could be a multi or a single or a straight out. Oh, what? And then they put it up so the fiends can... Mate, you know, 
said it last week. Goes into bluey specials and it's there. It's the fifth and last best bet. How good. So I might have to ponder that, but I'll tell you You're what. You're going up in the world, mate. 4.45. Is it mate. like, so fifth and last best bet is like Loz's lock? It is like Loz's lock, except with bluebet.com.au, the better version of the bookie. But yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Same thing, yeah? Yeah, same thing. Um, they've got one or two other pods on as well that have sort of bets as well. We've been brought on with that stable, which is nice. Yeah, right. Good beans. So again, those odds, thank you to bluebet.com.au and supporting our charity account. There's no one better than the True Blue Bookie. If you're going to have a bet, do it with them. And that's us. Oh, one last thing. I've seen it in my notes. We just brought up. I don't think much of it, but yeah. Lou I getting in the salmon. I know a lot of people talked about that. <laughs> Could have at least waited until he got in the changes. Yeah, it's dumb. Like, people go, it happens all the time. I'm like, eh, it doesn't happen all the time. It does happen. Yeah, it doesn't if, happen all If you're going to spray someone, I wouldn't spray him out in the fucking open after a loss and with a crowd's all still there and a cameraman's right behind me. Guys get into each other. Oh, like, yeah. We had a fight at Captain's Run last year. I'm not going to drop names. No. But there were guys who just got heated and a little bit of fisticuffs, and by yeah. the end of the session, they were fine. Done. Shake Look, hands. It's, but it's, yeah, it's very, very rare. Yeah. And in terms even, a, of, even a baking like that. Like, yeah. Do it in video. Do I reckon it in last sheds. year, but even in video, like players will get into each other, but more often than not, they just they're accountable for their actions, so it doesn't turn into a back and forth. Mm. And I, I, get, um, I think nothing comes of it. And they already put a fat up today of him pretending to choke Salmon at training yeah. today, and it's all good. Like uh, you know, it's you all can't mean, But the damage is done because they, yeah, you know, there was a blue, and it was and it filmed, sort of feeding this it, narrative about the two yeah. close losses and the players that are missing, and yeah, you know. A lot of hopped on board going, Jerome needs to pull his head in and they need to talk to Jerome and this, that and the other. So Yeah. Yeah, again. I, I, think, I do think Jerome could tone it down a little. 100%. Um, Especially with the interesting off-season with the wedding speech and a few other things. That just all of it's combined. It's yeah. probably and it's fueling, having people lean to that side of the narrative. Yeah, it's fueling that narrative so just, more. Let's just focus on footy. Play footy. Yeah, so. play good footy and the rest will look after us. Exactly, and they can talk as much shit as they want as long as yeah. you're winning and doing the right things like they have been, so... Yeah. yeah, that's about as simple as it is, but that wraps us up, Boxhead. Huge show. Round two is upon us. Looking forward to it. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you to the Penrose Solar Center. Get on board with Jake and the crew there, and thank you to Toby <clears throat> and Hyundai Sinclair. Penrith, mate. Sinclair Hyundai, mate. Penrith, mate. And they get you moving. Corner of Bat Street there in York Road, right across from the netball courts. Mm. Well, you're there, you can go in next door to MG if you want and give him a high five and lift some dumbbells, throw some weight around. He might, he might give you a belly-to-belly suplex on the mats. I don't know. Mm. Get yourself a coffee. Interesting. But there you go. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league, everyone. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 